Hello, fellow time traveler Larry Van Mersbergen, and congratulations on reaching your 50th episode of the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Here's to the next 50. Enjoy the journey, my friend. You deserve it. Congratulations, Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. You're celebrating your 50th episode. Well, I wish you well. Well, we wish you well, both of us. So all the best. And uh, here's to the next 50 episodes. To Larry and anyone else working on the podcast. Bye. From him and from me. This is Eric Branson from the Police Box and the Junkyard podcast. I just want to say happy 50th episode of the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. And thank you, Larry, for your passion for collecting, your passion for all things Doctor Who, and also for creating this fantastic network of podcasts that I have come to think of as my podcasting family. Um, Here's to 50 more. And of course, keep collecting. Congratulations to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast for making it to 50 episodes. Hi there, I'm the Doctor, and I just want to say congratulations to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast for reaching 50 episodes. Here's to the next 150. And congratulations from both the Doctor and Katie. And thank you for having me on two episodes. I kind of hope to be on more soon. (laughs) But seriously... Congratulations on making it to 50 episodes. This podcast is absolutely amazing. And Larry, you are brilliant. Congratulations. Larry, it's Fraser. At last I've got back to you. I'm sorry it's taken ages, but I've had the dreaded lurgy. And I didn't want to be going (coughs) coughing all over the screen and giving you the... The dreaded. But yeah, uh, congratulations on the 50th podcast. And you use, they all say, who is Doctor Who? Where is he from? What does he do? Yeah, and you know, Jimmy Page was lead guitar. Jimmy Page. Clem Coutini was on drums. Alan Whitehead, my mate, who was the drummer for the Marmalade, he was on backing vocals with my nephew Clive and a few others. So um, that's part of the news of who's Doctor. But well done. Well done, you... Cheers. They all say who is Doctor Who? Where is he from? What does he do? They wonder who is Doctor Who? So I ask you, who's Doctor Who? Welcome to the 50th episode of the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I'm very excited to present this after a little bit of a break. It was nice that uh, I was able to have some time to to do some other things, and I'll tell you about those in a little bit. Uh, First, of course, I want to express my thanks to everyone who sent their congratulations and well wishes in the order they appeared. First, there was Tony Witt, my good friend who hosts and produces the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast. Next, very nice surprise, the seventh Doctor himself, Sylvester McCoy, speaking as himself and the Doctor. Uh, That was extremely nice. Next, of course, my good friend Eric Goldbranson, the host and producer of Police Box and a Junkyard podcast. Next, one of my favorite guests to appear on the program, Sadie Miller, the daughter of Elizabeth Sladen. 
and someone else I can call it definitely a good friend. Uh, next, of course, my uh, my friend and, of course, today's guest and then a previous guest, Katie Haynes, uh, my cosplaying the 13th Doctor as well as herself. And finally, thank you very much to Mr. Fraser Hines, who is, of course, the voice behind our theme song. And he had some very informa uh, information, interesting information to share about that. Of course, I had no idea that Jimmy Page played the lead guitar. So there you go. Some nice, uh, he had some great information there about that song and even sang a little bit himself. Uh, so thank you so much. Welcome to the 50th episode of the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the podcast that explores the long-winded world of Doctor Who collecting, those who collect issues surrounding Doctor Who collecting, and of course all kinds of Doctor Who merchandise, and sometimes things that are just simply Doctor Who related. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and of course I've been collecting Doctor Who now for a little over 40 years, and uh, as you know, I've opened the first Doctor Who store in Chicago that exclusively served the Doctor Who fans back in 1984 called Bundles from Britain. And of course, you can find out more about that and more in America by getting this wonderful book called Red, White, and Who, the Story of Doctor Who in America. And Bundles from Britain, of course, lives on page 384. Uh, anywhere you can find your books, uh, you can find a link to buy this book on the front page of my website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com. Uh, we do not receive anything for this book. We want everybody to have a copy. We are, of course, part of the ever-growing Direction Point Doctor Who podcast network. You can find more great Doctor Who podcasts or ones like mine at directionpoint.org. If you happen to be a Doctor Who podcaster listening out there, join today and you can join the ranks of great Doctor Who uh, discussions uh, like Time Streams, Police Box in a Junkyard, the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, and Traveling the Vortex. So, for more information, of course, go to directionpoint.org, O-R-G. Uh, speaking of links, of course, I include this on every episode, because you can start anywhere in this series. You don't have to start at 1, you can start at 50 if you like. But two great resources that I bring in about time again, both resources I use regularly and are kept up by very good friends of mine. Uh, the first, of course, is the TARDIS Library, located at timelash.com. Uh, not only does it have a comprehensive database of every Doctor Who book, video, whether it be DVD, VHS, Betamax, uh, Laserdisc, uh, and audio, um, including some other miscellaneous things, but no toys or figures or anything like that. Um, in addition to that database, you can create a free account and you can actually keep track of your collection and maybe your want lists. Uh, and uh, it's a wonderful resource. Of course, special thank you to Mr. Dan O'Malley for that. If you need a bigger database of everything in the world of Doctor Who, of course, you can only use it as a reference. There's no, um, there's no uh, uh, way to keep track of your collection. But of course, you can um, add things to the library, which is nice. But you can find this at Howe's Transcendental Toy Box. That's at DoctorWhoToyBox.co.uk, of course, covered by David J. Howe, who's been on the program a couple times. He's a good friend, great resource for collectors. Of course, if you're looking for great Doctor Who items at great prices, look no further than visiting DoctorWhoStore.com, which is the home of Alien Entertainment. I have had a close relationship with Alien Entertainment and the owner of that store for more than 30 years. 
They currently are running some great sales. Um, just for instance, if you're looking for cassette copies of some of the early Doctor Who um, audios, they have them, and they have them for basically blowout prices. Uh, of course, if you live in the Chicago suburbs, you can select free pickup from the store. And of course, while you're there, browse the incredible selection of science fiction items and Doctor Who. They're very well uh, organized in there. And of course, Karen and Jean, who run the store, are very helpful. You'll also find them at every major convention. They were at Gallifrey One. Uh, they're at most science fiction conventions throughout the country. And of course, at Chicago TARDIS in November. They're open Wednesday through Saturday. You can visit alienentertainment.com for store hours. And, of course, uh, you can also find some more great Doctor Who items at one of our sponsors, Forbidden Planet. And you don't need to go anywhere except to doctorwhocollectors.com. Select the link that says Doctor Who Merchandise Links. And you can find that stuff there. And, of course, don't forget, we also operate an eBay store with many Target books. We, we do have people that want to get rid of their Doctor Who Target books, but they don't want to go through the hassle of selling them. So what we do is we pay for the, we pay for the postage, we take your books, we put them on eBay for reasonable prices, and the proceeds pay for the podcast. Uh, it's a wonderful way to go if you want to get some stuff there. Thank you to all of those who have supported us through the eBay store. Um, in addition, of course, to our website, having all the podcasts we post, and the, we have also on there the Complete Guide to Doctor Who Classic Hardcover Books, which is the other side of the Target world, the WH Allen slash Allen Wingate uh, through Tandem Publications, uh, the hardcover dust-jacketed and uh, cloth-bound books that are sought after by many collectors. Uh, we list a lot of reprints that some people didn't know existed. And, of course, it, it is continuing to grow and develop as we're trying to add more information, add a bigger page for each book, adding more images and images from people who submit those to us. Uh, and, of course, this information will also be carried in our, uh, our continuing uh, series on the classic hardcovers. And always will be joining me with that is our Doctor Who novelization expert, Mr. Tony Witt. Um, I recently had a chance to present my Doctor Who Collecting Tips from a Professional Collector panel presentation at Consinity in Milwaukee, the Gathering of the Geeks. So you can find Consinity in Milwaukee uh, by doing a quick Google search, or you can find them on Facebook. It's a one-day convention in April uh, up in uh, Milwaukee at the Milwaukee School of Engineering. It was a wonderful day. Um, I, some of the other people that presented up there were regulars at other Doctor Who conventions, but uh, it was nice to be invited and to be a guest. So going on at that, more on conventions, of course. Uh, TARDIS 21 is way behind us now, so we are now looking forward to Chicago TARDIS 2022. And here is the latest information about that convention. So far, we have added, uh, since the last time I spoke to you, uh, Sophie Aldred playing Ace, who is rumored to be appearing in the final Jodie Whittaker story. That is very exciting. She will be there, along with Sev Sylvester McCoy, the Seventh Doctor, so you can expect to get a photo opportunity with the Doctor and Ace. I may take advantage of that. Um, and I think he comes with the convention at this point, but of course, Fraser Hines will be there. Uh, and, of course, Jason Hay-Gallery, the CEO of Big Finish. You, any of your Big Finish questions, you can ask Jason directly. He is a wonderful guy. I've always loved talking with him. He and I uh, had some great discussions uh, when I brought a um, my Dennis Fisher, Tom Baker 
uh, action figure to be signed by Sadie Miller and asked her to sign it right underneath where her mom signed it. 25 years ago, he was like, oh, take that out of the box. Let me see that. So uh, he's quite excited about these little things. And so I really love that. Anyway, keep uh, ChicagoTardis.com in your bookmarks and experience what I think is the best Doctor Who convention in the country. Um, we're also going to be later in the program talking with uh, my good friend Katie Haynes, who's going to talk to us about Galley or Gallifrey One in Los Angeles, another great Doctor Who convention. And so uh, we'll be talking to her later. Um, I'm also honored, of course, with Chicago TARDIS to be considered the official collecting expert. And if you're interested in seeing one of my panels, we did a virtual convention in 2020, which is still available to view on the Chicago TARDIS YouTube and Facebook pages or at the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast YouTube pages under playlists. Of course, I will have more Chicago TARDIS updates as they happen, but I would suggest going directly to chicagotardis.com and keeping that bookmarked. Follow them on social media because they're always posting announcements. Um, another thank you to our sponsors here at the podcast. Uh, of course, I've already mentioned Forbidden Planet, but you can also get all of your protection needs taken care of at Bags Unlimited Incorporated. Bags Unlimited sponsors the pro collection protection segment of our program. They have given us uh, wonderful collector's kits to give away at convention talks, and they have been around since before 1981. When I started collecting, I was buying their materials as early as 1983. Um, and of course, you can uh, you can get all of that stuff there at bagsunlimited.com. Uh, lastly, too, all the latest information from Telos Publications. We uh, we've done a podcast or two here on Telos Publications with uh, Mr. David J. Howe. We plan to do more in the future as new uh, projects come out. But you can go at telos.co.uk, and of course, they do ship to the United States. And by the way, the best protected shipping I've ever seen. Uh, he sent me the last book, uh, The New Who Adventures. The The box was wrapped in bubble wrap itself, so there was no way those books were going to get damaged. All right, well, on today's show, uh, today, uh, the 50th anniversary, I've got a couple of things that we're going to do. First, I'm going to start with a, a great retrospective of 50 episodes and my my basically my reflecting on that, uh, which of course barely scratches the surface in this world. But then I'm also going to include a wonderful uh, conversation I had with uh, my friend Katie Haynes, who of course is a great cosplayer, does a wonderful Jodie Whittaker accent, and she attended her first Gallifrey One convention. So we'll talk about that. At this time, I would like to thank our patrons. If you want to see exclusive video material. Or even including and including my video interview with Katie Haynes today, all visuals, previous interviews, and special uh, videos that I do about my personal collection and other collectibles. Uh, you can go to our Patreon page and subscribe at the fifteen dollar level. This money helps support the podcast, at, or you can support it at any level you like. Um, and of course, the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast is one of our big supporters. So of course, follow them. And if you're listening to this podcast, you should also be listening to that one. To find us, you can go directly to patreon.com backslash 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 Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. All one word. Uh, if you'd like to support us in any other way, we're, of course, uh, supported on the Podbean uh, app and website. You can go to doctorwhocollectors.podbean.com and click become a patron to support us at any level you feel comfortable. 
Speaking of, of money here, we're raising money to bring Doctor Who legend Peter Purvis to our podcast. If you're not familiar with Mr. Peter Purvis, he is considered Doctor Who royalty. He played Stephen Taylor, a companion of the first Doctor, Mr. William Hartnell. Um, our goal is to raise exactly what we need to bring him on, which is $271. That's all the agent is asking for. It's extremely reasonable just to get this man on our on our show. And keep in mind that at this point in time, this is his, his only income, is to do conventions, autographs, and interviews. And we want to support our Doctor Who actors as much as possible. So it would be great if one person would just step up and say, hey, I'll take care of it. Here's 271 bucks. I want to hear Peter Purvis on your program. That would be wonderful. We're not trying to, you know... You know, nobody gets paid here. There's no payroll here. This is all as, you know, we fund it as the money comes in. It goes to hosting expenses. It goes to equipment. Um, that's all. Uh, so anyway, how to do this. You can go to DrWhoCollectors.com, click the PayPal donate button, and when you enter the information, just say Peter Purvis in the message, and we'll make sure that that gets added into that account, and we'll put you on the sponsor list. So when we bring Mr. Purvis to the podcast, we will mention your name, and thank you for that. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, composed by the wonderful composing team of Barry Mason and Les Reed. Um, they also wrote songs for Tom Jones, including It's Not Unusual. Uh, the song, of course, is performed with Fraser Hines on lead, and we learn today Jimmy Page on lead guitar from Led Zeppelin. You can hear this podcast, of course, almost anywhere you get your podcasts, including Stitcher Radio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Podbean. Of course, we also support Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are a Direction Point Network podcast, and you can find out more at directionpoint.org. After a quick break here, our 50th episode celebration continues with um, Collection Protection, our main story, and I'm going to talk about the best of our most outrageous offers, and we might have a few more surprises on there, so stay tuned. Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss in story order all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Keep collecting! Well, I'm very proud to have had 50 episodes on the air and lots of things to talk about, a lot of people that appeared on here, some music, some uh, wonderful information. I've actually heard much feedback from um, people, especially people that run Chicago TARDIS. Uh, Mr. Nick Seidler, who's the uh, house manager, had mentioned on the virtual podcast that he said that he learned so much from every episode and had no idea, saw things he'd never seen before. And... You know, just it was just wonderful to get the feedback that you know um, about 
the podcast. We have a five-star rating on iTunes. We have a pretty good rating everywhere else. So it's it's what we strive for is is excellent. So let me I'm going to reflect here on 50 episodes. Of course, we started this podcast on February 11th, 2019. Um, before we even did, uh, it was one episode prior to putting the theme song in because I put it on the end of the podcast and someone had said, hey, that should be your theme song. So I, I, I adopted it. Of course, I looked into all the relevant copyrights and of course, the copyright has not been assigned anywhere else. So we are going, that's why we credit the, uh, the composers on every episode just to make sure that that's covered and we credit Fraser Hines and now we credit Jimmy Page. But anyway, in episode one, I thought it would be, you know, where did this come from? Where did this, did this idea uh, come about? You know, when I was doing uh, a Doctor Who collecting talk at Chicago TARDIS, I said, well, you know, somebody said, hey, there ought to be a podcast. And I'm like, I never thought of that. Maybe this should be a podcast. And when I was on one of my business trips um, at the time, I think it was in Baltimore, um, I got out my my recorder and uh, decided I'm going to record this and uh, I'll, I'll talk about I thought the best thing to talk about would be the first Doctor Who publications, which was the Dalek book and the Dalek Pocket Book and Outer Space Guide, which happened to be the same exact book. <laughs> and and I thought, what an interesting way to go. And so I just went on a deep dive in that and decided, you know, got a lot of uh, feedback and a lot of people suggesting, how about this? And then, of course, eventually we, we developed, developed into a format that I've stuck to and it seems to be really nice. So Going with that, of course, I ended uh, the first episode with uh, the Who's Doctor Who song, the entire thing. So it was it was really quite nice. And then uh, a few about a week later, a couple weeks later, actually, I recorded episode two and decided to do Invasion from Space. Uh, I talked about the Doctor Who Annual 1966, the and then the Warzel Gummage song uh, promo uh, album that I, uh, I recently had gotten at the time. And I recorded with the, uh, I'm a, I believe it's I'm a, I'm a Scarecrow. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. That was recorded on March 9th in 2019. I'm not going to give you the dates or all of them. I'm just going to kind of go through the... Um, go through the episodes here just with my thoughts on that. Um, my third episode, of course, dealt with Doctor Who and the Daleks, all the various books that published, including, in fact, later I ended up with the Dutch copy and uh, just had a really nice time talking about that. Um, went into uh, Doctor Who weeklies, monthlies, and Fantasy Empire, and had my first guest on the program. I had the wonderful Doctor Who author John Peel on the podcast, and of course, this was a very early version of, of uh, getting a, a remote guest. I, we used Skype, which wasn't great. I wish I had Zoom uh, at the time, but I didn't. And uh, I didn't talk to him as a Doctor Who author. I talked to him as the editor of Fantasy Empire magazine, which he was very thrilled to talk about. And we had some wonderful uh, discussions about that. And he's a great guy. You know, I, I, you know, I'm still friends with him today. Just a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I talked about Pinnacle Books and whether or not they're a waste of time and if they're related to the uh, Aeonian Amaron uh, hardcovers. There's still more information coming out about that, so I'm hoping to do a follow-up. Um, then somebody asked me, hey, what about your first collectibles. And I thought, well, hey, let's talk about those. I, I bought a copy uh, in, in 1981. 
I remember the, I remember the day pretty vividly because it, my mother would typically take me uh, grocery shopping with her, and normally she had me help out. But today she thought, "Hey, you know, I saw a comic book store next to the grocery store. Why don't you go there while I do the shopping, and then you can meet me back in the store?" And I said, "Well, that sounds like a wonderful thing." So I uh, I did it, and the shop was called the Comic Connection, and it's part it was part of the North Shore Comics. Uh, uh, company and uh, they recently have a Facebook page. Uh, that's one of the people on there is the son of the owner of that company. Sadly, the um, the owner, I remember his name was Dean, uh, is suffering uh, with some severe health issues these days. So the the days are catching up with him. Sadly, as he said it, but we we have him in our thoughts. He was a, a wonderful man, very informative. But I bought a copy of Day of the Daleks, uh, Target book. That was $4.81. Uh, the Doctor Who Monthly number 70, which featured Peter Davison on the cover, and I had no idea who he was. And uh, later, I picked up a Doctor Who mug uh, from, from that same shop. So it was, it was right, really interesting to talk about those and, uh, and dig those out of the you know, collection a little bit, go through them, because I hadn't read them in a long time. And of course, then uh, to, to top off that day, I, of course, got my stuff and went back to the grocery store, found my mom. And then the checkout line was a whole display of Pinnacle books. And so I bought a copy of Day of the Daleks. And they had uh, also in, a, in one of the racks, it said free take one. And I said to the cashier, can I, can I take some of these? And my mom was like, you can take two. <laughs> so I, I still have the two that I took. Uh, they are now um, pretty valuable. Cause, uh, and, and recently I just uh, acquired, through my friend Dale Santos, the uh, Pinnacle poster that was designed by Mr. David Mann for a book retailer to put in their window. So some pretty cool stuff. Um, I talked about the unofficial 1972 Doctor Who annual, comparing it to the Pink Pertwee issue. And of course, we, we, ce we celebrated the loss and life of Mr. Paul Darrow. Uh, I also talked about all the John Pertwee annuals uh, and put Who is the Doctor on, on there at the end and talked about the opportunity that I believe was a scam, but uh, I remember this well. Uh, I was in negotiations with a seller on eBay who claimed to have the original reel-to-reel -reel master recording of Who is the Doctor, and he was asking a pretty reasonable price for it, and then said he couldn't ship it due to, the, due to postal issues, and it turned out that he didn't have it at all. So... No money exchanged hands, or if it did, I got it back. I can't remember exactly what happened there, but um, I was very disappointed because that would have been a really cool thing to get the master tape if I could get it to a, a place that dealt with that. Maybe I could isolate the John Pertwee track and just have John Pertwee reading Who Was the Doctor would have been pretty awesome. Um, but that did not happen. Uh, I've also talked about Doctor Who Magazine Deluxe Editions when they come out. Uh, I've got one that just came out just now. The one with the uh, Legend of the Sea Devils includes a, uh, a special book for Doctor Who Discovers the Pirates that Mr. David J. Howe worked on. And then uh, I talked about the Doctor Who film collectibles, the Peter Cushing movie, and did some wonderful things with that. Uh, it's just there's so many things to talk about. And it was also going to lead to more exploration of this wonderful, wonderful world of Doctor Who collecting. Um, 
many of the guests that have been on the program or many of the people I've talked to uh, at various conventions were always very happy to express their thoughts, their ideas, and to ask for advice and all that great stuff. And so I just kept going with that. Um, I dedicated an entire episode to the Day of the Daleks, which is one of my favorite stories, and went through all of the different books that were printed, including the ones that were printed in Portuguese and in Turkish and in Japanese and in all that, just wonderful things. Um, then I also talked about um, price gouging, first time that came up, where unscrupulous sellers were listing Doctor Who items at eight times the value, trying to drive up the price. And we fought against that. We still fight against that. Uh, we also talked about the new the new adventures and added the Bullamacanka Doctor Who was going to fix it. We did a, a couple shows on odds and ends, which were just you know things like the Doctor Who sunglasses, Doc Dalek shoot 'em up games, steering wheel covers, uh, emblems, and things like that, and played Landing of the Daleks by the Earthlings. We went through the Tom Baker annuals in two parts and the Genesis of the Daleks LP and talked about our live show, uh, which was going to be set up at Chicago TARDIS. So we did that as well. Um, the October merchandise, we did a merchandise roundup. Um, we stopped doing that because as of the new series, more than 10,000 uh, Doctor Who items have been produced. It's impossible to keep up with it. And I had a, a recent conversation with uh, Mr. Gene Smith, who's uh, the head of Alien Entertainment, the uh, showrunner for Chicago TARDIS, and he basically just, uh, and I'm going to quote him here, he said, um, anyone who is selling Doctor Who that wasn't selling it before the new series is basically in it for the money. And there's only a handful of stores throughout the country that have been doing it since the 80s and 90s. Uh, you know, Gene and I opened up bundles from Britain. I opened up bundles from Britain and Gene joined me in 84 and he took it over in 89 and of course opened up a couple other stores, but eventually Alien Entertainment, which had been selling Doctor Who since long before the new series. When it was popular, yes, but a long time before that. Um, and we had, of course, uh, the I was talking about the live show at Chicago TARDIS 2019. Uh, that's probably the only one I'm going to do. It was very problematic. It was very uh, difficult to do. Didn't get a lot of support for audio and AV, but I did have Mr. Tony Witt, who is a guest on the program, and he ran the recording, and it actually turned out okay. It's still not perfect. I, I may even go back and tweak it again. But we had David J. Howe and Samantha Stone on that program. It was wonderful. Um we did, uh, at Christmas time, we always do a Christmas list. I got uh, a small um, sponsorship from Amazon.com, and they're, you know, they, you know, it sounds big than a, sounds like a big thing, but it wasn't. They, they allowed me to collect data on what are the best gifts for Doctor Who, you know, uh, fans. So I would go through that. And that was the, you know, the Dalek hats and the scarves and the ornaments and things like that. But of course, I always, always advocate that um, people should talk to their collectors if they're going to uh, buy something for a collector. Of course, uh, I, my, my reference here for, for these shows is, of course, our great website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com, and the internet is running a little slow today. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, the, the discussions were, were quite good. I, I continued, of course, with um, 
talking about the unofficial 87 annual. And by the way, uh, Terraquius Publications has recently announced that they're going to reprint all of the annuals so you can get them at the original price and not have to pay the, uh, the price gouging price. Um, we talked about uh, Doctor Who story collections. Those were books that contained multiple Doctor Who stories and uh, did that. We also did our, our first episode on the uh, Doctor Who classic hardcovers. Uh, that was the Alan Wingate, the first two years. And the reason I did two years is that there were only four books. And we had Tony Wood on that program. And we have done uh, several years since then. That was the 1974, uh, 75, and then we did 76, and we did 77. We've got 78 coming up real soon. Uh, we did the unofficial Master Annual with the tribute to Roger Delgado. We talked about the Dalek Mania box set, which was about the Peter Cushing film and only available in England. We looked at the Ultimate Collectible, which was missing Doctor Who episodes, and presented our research on that, which also caused a little controversy. I uh, talked about convention programs, and then I held my first Collector's Roundtable. So the Doctor Who Collectors Roundtable, the first one I did, I was joined by David Russell, Chris DeLuca, and Elwethis Pagan. And uh, we discussed, uh, basically, I, I just let the whole thing become unedited because uh, uh, David dropped out and dropped back. And there was uh, lots of great discussions on that particular. By the way, if you're looking for that one, that's episode 28. That came out April 11th in 2020. Um, and then, of course, I... I had to go with an item you can't get. I was very lucky to get a copy of the Target Book Collection uh, prototype, which included a special Target hardcover of the Web of Fear uh, and the accompanying magazine, uh, something that a lot of collectors are really looking for. So, so one day when I do decide to um, sell off everything, that one will probably get a little bit more money. With the success of the uh, Collector's Roundtable, I did a Target Book Collector's Roundtable, and this included some wonderful people, including Nigel Adams, David Russell, Lee Thompson, William Thompson, that's a father and son team, Radney Holdener, uh, Chris DeLuca, and Elwethis Pagan. Um, we also had Tony Witt on the program, I believe. Yes, we did. And uh, talking about collecting Target Books and their different experiences, and of course, doing collection protection with that. And that was really quite something. Uh, automatic pricing software was covered as well. Just as, and, and of course, much later, uh, you discovered that um, the entire thing is set up by robots. Um, I, also, you know, I, I also addressed uh, Doctor Who Collector's Toolbox, where I introduced Time Lash and other websites. Um, and of course, Doctor Who uh, Unusual Target Books was another one I did with Tony Witt. That was were the books that were published by Target, but not novels. Uh, it included things like uh, the Build the TARDIS or Travel Without the TARDIS or Doctor Who Discovers or, you know, just things that went there. I also covered bad eBay experiences and talked about sellers that really did not meet the mark. I covered um, Doctor Who on Betamax, LaserDisc, and Video 2000. I thought that was a really interesting discovery I made there. I uh, paid a visit to my brother, who owns a Doctor Who classic pinball machine, and we went through that and some other classic video games. We joined the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast to celebrate their 100th episode by doing a special episode on the Doctor and the Enterprise by the late Gene Airy, and had a lot of interesting information come out of that. 
Uh, I also covered one of my favorite things to collect, which is Radio Times magazines. So that's it was really quite something to dig out. Um, the The earliest Radio Times that I have is not the one from November 63. That one's very hard to find. Uh, I've never seen one. A lot of times, you know, these, of course, were subscribed to by the people in England. It was their TV and radio guide. And once they, uh, once they were done, they basically threw them away. So there was nothing to, uh, to really keep. But I have one that has the first appearance of the Daleks, the episode The Survivors. Um, and, of course, I've got some with the covers, including the John Pertwee 1970 and the 1972 first appearance of the Daleks, the 2005 Christopher Eccleston introduction, the 96 movie, and things like that. Um, we also covered here the um, the uh, really unusual items. I, I talked about the Doctor Who coffin which really did happen. Um, I did the Chicago TARDIS 2021 wrap-up and uh, did all that. Uh, we Sadly, we, we, uh, we had some other, you know, some sad things that happened, of course, were um, we had actually booked um, Mr. Chris Achilleos to be on a program in February, and sadly, he passed away in December. And uh, it was just very sad. We knew he was, he, he had actually been recovering from, uh, from an illness and uh, had no idea he was that ill. And we've, we've been sending our, we sent our well wishes to his widow, uh, Tasha, and she was wonderful. Um, after a bit of time, we, we may extend an invitation to Tasha to be on the program. We're not sure yet. Uh, then I met a wonderful cosplayer at Chicago TARDIS, uh, Katie Haynes, who does uh, one of the most amazing Dr. 13s, and she was just full of energy. You've got to hear that one. That's episode 45. Also at Chicago TARDIS, I just got really, really um, lucky with meeting uh, uh, this, <laughs> Elizabeth uh, Sladen's daughter, Sadie Miller, and we talked about Sarah Jane Collectibles. We gave her the quiz. Um, we did talk with David J. Howe on the New Adventures. We talked with uh, Lauren Cornelius, who's now playing the uh, role of Dodo Chaplet. That covered 49 episodes right off the bat. There are so many things left. As I look around the Who Room, there are things I haven't even talked about yet. And I will get to all that stuff. So it's, it's great that I can stay in the virtual air as long as I can. Again, we can do more with your support. So I strongly encourage you to visit our Patreon page, visit Podbean, visit our website at DrWhoCollectors.com. You can find all those links there and be a part of this experience. So um, we're going to take a short break. And coming up next, I have a conversation with Miss Katie Haynes, uh, who's going to talk to us about Galley One. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Khashki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Hooniverse. On Shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Keep collecting. Hi, I'm Juliet. And I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. 
and through the eyes of a New Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. I'm the Doctor, and I just want to say congratulations to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast for reaching 50 episodes. Congratulations, and here's to the next 500. And thank you so much for having me on two of them, and for featuring me on your 50th. I I love you guys. Congratulations. And now it's time for our main story. Joining me for our 50th episode in doing a great wrap-up of one of the largest Doctor Who conventions in the in the United States, and I think in the world at this point, uh, Gallifrey One is joining us. Our one of our favorite guests, uh, Miss Katie uh, Haynes, who uh, appeared with us a few episodes back, talking about uh, Chicago Tardis and cosplaying, and so she's joining us again. So welcome back, Katie. I'm I'm thrilled to be back, and especially to talk about this because it was one of the most. Um, I, I hesitate to use, I, I, it's like there are times when the doctor believes in magic and there are times when the doctor doesn't believe in magic. This is absolutely one of those times where the okay. doctor would believe in magic because it was one of the most magical weekends of, um, I think of my life, really. Wow. And easily one of the best conventions that I have ever been to. Wow. That's, that's great to hear. I mean, um, Conventions in the United States, just to, just to give our listeners a brief little background. Now, Gallifrey One uh, actually had its first convention, uh, May 25th, 1990, was the oh, first God. time Gallifrey One. Uh, and of course, the convention lost a boatload of money. Uh, because of lack of attendance. Uh, and it's, uh, the guests uh, at that particular one was at the Los Angeles Airport Hilton, as it is today, I believe. Yes. Uh, and the guests were John Pertwee, John Levine, John Nathan Turner, and Jean-Marc Lofsier, who is an author for Target Books. Uh, it said the debt was settled through bone, bonds and loans that were paid back by 2001. That's how long it took to pay back the losses yeah. for the first Gallifrey One convention. And just to kind of put that convention perspective, the uh, the conventions of the 1980s really formed the, the groundwork for these conventions that lasted. And only a handful of these conventions have actually made it throughout this period. Uh, just a few years before, the Spirit of Light Company had its big convention in Chicago, and they lost so much money and it was mismanaged, mishandled, that uh, the next year's convention was planned at and then canceled because they just could not, uh, they couldn't get the backing to do it. Uh, and that's when important people, what I call important people in the world of Doctor Who, uh, one important person that I, you know, has been a friend of mine for more than 35 years is Mr. Gene Smith. And Gene Smith kind of only, not only took the reins of what was left of the Spirit of Light Company, didn't take it over at all, but took what was remnant of that, learned from their mistakes, and was on the board of directors for Gallifrey One. He still is today. Uh, but he also started a convention called Visions. 
in the early 90s. That lasted throughout the 90s. And then in November of 2000, the first Chicago TARDIS was launched. So that's where kind of our backing is. But uh, tell uh, tell us exactly how, uh, you know, I know you went to Chicago TARDIS and that was yes. a brilliant weekend. Um, that's the one I usually do. I, I can never get out to California during this time of year because of my day job. But uh, it's uh, but tell us about your your initial experience. Um, well, I had asked, I had been asked by a couple of TikTokers to go and I wasn't sure originally. And long story short, eventually I was like, all right, I'm going. I'm absolutely going. Um, I guess I should say, how detailed do you want me to go? I, um, you, you can share as much as, as you want or as little as you want. This is so, your platform. <laughs> so I, I get up early. You know, I get to... I was horrified because on the day of um, leaving for Chicago TARDIS, there was supposed to be horrible weather in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So that was hanging over my head. I get to, sh- I get to O'Hare in enough time. Um, and I'm just sitting around for a few hours. I think I took a nap or something. I get on the plane, smooth sailing all the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, I get off the plane. Now bear in mind, I flew in full cosplay. Of course. <laughs> and I get there and I'm looking around and they say, you take a shuttle to get there. Uh, I'm looking around. I'm like, please, somebody give me a sign for, um, you know, who the, the right people to follow. Sure enough, I spot a couple of people in Doctor Who shirts and I run up to them and they're like, yeah, we're all waiting to get there. Uh, go ahead, follow us. I'm like, oh, thank God. I know exactly where I'm going. <laughs> so that's great. Oh. I get there and, you know, everyone is already trading ribbons. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. is already, um, do you want to go over ribbons or should I go over ribbons? Um, well, go ahead and talk about ribbons. Ribbons has a long and, and wonderful history and we, we still do it very religiously at every convention. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and talk about ribbons. Now, I made the horrible mistake of, as a newbie, putting all of the ribbons that I got on my, on my lanyard. So (laughs) by the end of day one, I was already dragging on the floor and ribbons. I don't know the, keep going, keep going. No problem. Uh, Ribbons for anyone who doesn't know you, basically, if you go to galley one, you, or Chicago TARDIS, you create, there they are, there they are. You just um, for, for my visual uh, for my Patreon viewers here. I'm just going to show you exactly what what she's talking about. But this is this was my badge from Chicago TARDIS this year. Uh, and in past years, I actually got so many that I did a double row. That yeah, <laughs> and, people have done double rows. People will do. Um, they'll wait until the very very end of the convention to put everything on. I just thought you put them on originally, but I was you know by day one I was dragging and I had to take a. Uh, a scrunchie and roll them up and connect them. Uh, yes. I, I, I'm going to have to bring up a picture of Mr. John Peel. I don't know if you know him. He's a doctor who author, mm-hmm. uh, but he showed a, a picture of himself in New York and he was dragging several feet of ribbons behind him uh, because of the number, the vast number and somebody snapped a picture of it. And it was just so uh, incredible. Um, in fact, I know there's a, there, it wasn't a Chicago TARDIS last year, but the year before there was a woman who was there who had been to every Chicago TARDIS and had her original lanyard and it stretched off four tables long, snaked around three times 
and kept encouraging people to add more ribbons to this. It was the longest, I believe the longest ribbon uh, trail that it exists. It's really quite amazing how this came about. And of course, it's put a lot of great um, great businesses like Ribbons Galore, which yes. is everybody's favorite. Because yes. uh, the first time I bought ribbons, I remember it was the first year Jody Whitaker had been the doctor and they put in a couple of promo ribbons that said, that said uh, you know, it had a little picture of Jody with her sonic screwdriver saying you can get more ribbons here i still have it i think it's a collector's item now but it was a little promo ribbon they did to kind of you know in fact that they've been doing doctor who ribbons for so long uh that they hardly do them for other you know their other businesses kind of ancillary to what they do for our conventions but yeah it's it's uh, i tell you what you i know you've only done a couple of conventions so far for you so you'll you'll get the hang of it (laughs) I've been doing them since 85 or 84. So, I mean. <laughs> I learned the hard way. I absolutely yeah. learned the hard way. Now, Mandip Gill mm. um, was determined. She got into, I think she got into a friendly competition with somebody else at the con, but she was determined to get every single ribbon she could. And at mm. the meet and greet, because I did one meet and greet and I loved it so much that, um, I went back and I did the one with Joe and Mandip Mm. and I think Joe had mentioned that Mandip was like, I've got to get every single ribbon. So (laughs) a bunch of us ran off to our bags, came back with our ribbons and gave them to her. And she said, if I, if I sign these, if I like sign the back of them, if I put them all together, sign the back of them, could I auction it off? And all of us were like, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That'd and be a I great said, a great charity auction type of thing to do, yeah. I, I said, if you take one of your longer lines, like, um, I want more, more of the universe, more of this, and you essentially write it out throughout the entire ribbons and then just sign the back, you could easily, you know, oh, sell yeah. that, make, a, oh, make yeah. a ton of money of that for, hmm. for charity. Uh, brought to you by coffee. By brought to you by coffee. Other. It's nine in the. It's nine in the <laughs> it's morning. Nine in the morning on on, on a beautiful on a, a beautiful Sunday after a wonderful Saturday. By the way, oh, Chicago Chicago stunning. had seventy degree weather yesterday, and now we're getting snow. So that's um, you know you you decide whether it's climate change or just Chicago. So that's I, I, on the on the I am I am so <laughs> as someone who is always pushing for we need to address climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say it's climate change. On the other hand, I've lived in Chicago for close to 20 years. So mm-hmm. I'm tempted so, to say so it's you know. Chicago. <laughs> you know, like um, I do. Because Chicago, Chicago won't make up its mind. Yeah, 15 so feet of snow and then 70. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, so I meet the person, I meet my friend Chris, who I'm rooming with. And yes. I go up and I drop everything and go back down because there are so many I got thrown when you go for the first time and mm-hmm. you go and you go for the whole event you are thrown into the Gallifrey deep end yes um and you know I met up with a bunch of people and I had already started to like move around and it, I spent almost every single second in cosplay wow so mm-hmm. we go for the in and out burger run yes great place <laughs> and I have to imagine that the people who were already there were just like what is going on because we were out the door Mm -hmm. they had to like send us in in groups 
to go in and get our order. And people, even at the, um, even at the tables, people are passing out buttons and passing out ribbons. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I'd ever tried an In-N-Out burger and shake, and it was delicious. Definitely. uh, In the years I worked for the publishing house, we did conventions in Anaheim every year and In-N-Out burger was a must visit (laughs) every time we went to California. It was, we walked there and we walked there and we walked back and people were saying, oh yeah, you're going to have to go to the ice cream social as well. Um, which I, w- I did, but I'm like, I'm not going to pass up. An, I'm not going to pass up getting a milkshake and getting ice cream. Absolutely. So <laughs> I go to, um, we go to in and out we come back. I think it's like, you know, another 15 minutes before the, um, before the, ice cream social starts yeah and i get there and i'm gonna be pulling up videos the whole time yeah uh, sure that's how because i'm a tiktoker that's how i kept everything but uh i get there and already i'm seeing people i know on tiktok i'm seeing new friends i'm seeing old friends people are coming up and hug and we're getting we're doing hugs um like I met one of the people who I met was a user who goes by perfect 10 cosplay. Mm-hmm. And here I'll, I'll show references. One of the first things that I did was I went up on stage and someone, a lovely person was passing out fans. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, so I've seen that one. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> I was lucky enough to get a fan. Nice. Um, my first experience trying an in and out burger. Was yeah. Delicious. Delicious. Absolutely. Um, and then I go down to the meet and greet and I meet uh, Eric, who is uh, Perfect Ten Cosplay. And we've got a shot of him doing Oh, karaoke. yeah. Sure. And uh, someone tells me, uh, a lovely friend whose username is Jay the Rose says, I've got something for you. And I say, okay, um, you, you, know, <laughs> you know, oh, you already know. But mm-hmm. so I get it and uh, I'm not going to play the audio because I'm okay. a little worried it's going to be, it's going to get messed up here. Not a problem. But if I'll, I'll jump ahead. So she brings me this huge Disney parks bag. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's a, um, I'll, I'll move it. I'll put it up a little bit. You can already see my ribbons yes, have gotten down. Look at that. I oh my mean, gosh. That is a huge mistake already. I started getting <laughs> ribbons. Tom Baker scarf. Yes. No, not just any Tom Baker scarf. Yeah. When I say this was long, that was my genuine reaction. I'm still, I still don't know how to respond to this. She spent all of 2021 um, Knit, knitting that, right? Knitting yeah. that. And you're yep. going to see. I would, it, she, like, we had really never connected beforehand, and she did this for me. Now, watch, watch what happens. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps going. It keeps going, it keeps yes. Going. Yes. I wore that home. I didn't buy, it's still in the bag. Yes, that's the, probably it's the longest still one. It's in I've, the bag. That is the longest one I've seen. Gosh. She, I don't know. Scars. I don't know. I don't oh. know. It was bless this person who's like, and they were at the the punk uh, Doctor Who cos, yeah, cosplay yeah. shoot. Um, yeah, nice, nice. Oh gosh, I couldn't. I, I like literally. I I thought, how am I going to get this back? How am I going to get this back? Yeah, I, that's you'd have, you'd have to wear it on the plane. <laughs> no, I did. I absolutely wore it on the plane. 
And the very next, so already I stayed for karaoke. You mm. need to bear in mind, um, I had gotten up at four in the morning. Right, right. Karaoke was supposed to start at 10. It did not start to 11. Mm. Con, you know, typical con time. Con time. Con time yeah. it started. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm like, most people, I want to say, stayed up till one or two in the morning. Every sure. single, I'm, I, I'm 32, but I'm an old lady when it comes to sleep. I was in bed by 1130 every night. You're a baby. That's okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I, so I go, I, I wake up, I have a routine where every morning I wake up and I go and I work out. It always makes me feel good. Yeah. I go down to the gym. I'm starting to work out. And Already in the back of my head, like I had been thinking, oh, how funny would it be if I run into um, one of the actors? This, you now, did. this, <laughs> this will play. This will play into a later story. Okay. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm on my phone. I'm doing stuff, and I see someone walk by, and I just jolt, and I'm, and I'm wearing a mask. At least, uh, not even, maybe seven feet away from me gets on a treadmill is Sasha Dewan. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh shit. What do I do? What do I do? And, and I never, I, I never approached him when it wasn't a part of the. Right. Cause they, they need their time. That's exactly. That's, that's, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I never approached him. I would watch it. I would be honest. I'd be like, He's, he's right over there. He's right over there. What do I do? He's in good shape too. I know that. He's, I've seen him. I've seen him in a ton of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he is an extremely attractive person and mm. he is, he is incredibly talented. And of course, before yes. my, my fiance and I had binged um, Iron Fist, which I want to say yes. to any of your listeners mm -hmm. who are fans of Sasha Dewan, if you have not watched Iron Fist, please take some time to watch him in that because that it is a golden showcase of his talent and ability. Oh gosh. Let me list a few more just to see if you like Sasha Dewan. Uh, he does a great role as a corrupt cop in line of duty. Uh, he actually gets, uh, it's a really good show. Also not appropriate for work is a sitcom where he is yes! the lead. Yes! Um, and that's another good one for him. Plus I've seen him in Dozens of walk-on roles in in many British. Uh, he's he's very he's a very active uh, actor and over there yeah. as far as getting roles and things like that. So you know you can definitely just go to go to the IMDb page and you can find him. And uh, but those are the two that come to mind. He, he really makes it work in mm -hmm. those two shows. Right now, I believe another one that I need to watch. He's on The Great. Yes. Yeah. Um, and apparently he does a phenomenal job in that. That one is not safe for work, apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you, you will laugh and not appropriate for work. That is a great sitcom. I've got to watch that. I absolutely, I need to get BritBox. I just, yes. I, I prefer, yeah. I, I, when I went over to the UK um, mm. last year, I started watching Taskmaster, which is not yeah. related to Doctor Who, but is one of the greatest, sure. you know, fun time shows that you'll ever see. So, is a great deal, six ninety nine a month. You know, you can't beat it. <laughs> Not sponsored and yet promoted on the Doctor Who community. Uh, you Doctor heard it here. Podcast. You <laughs> of course, heard it uh, here. Of course, all the Doctor Who actors themselves have been promoting BritBox because of the incredible royalty rate they pay the actors for showing programming on BritBox. And that's um, that's something, I remember Colin Baker was like, don't watch it anywhere else. Watch it on BritBox because I get paid. <laughs> even, to quote, to quote, even more of me. Yes. 
Was that, please tell me he was the one who said that. I did not. Well, that yeah, um, you'll you'll find that line. The original line is from a movie called The Five Doctors Rebootish, uh, where it's the classic actors trying to get onto the 50th anniversary program. It's and beautiful. at one it point is. he gets, he gets a parcel in the mail and it's his new DVD. And he automatically he hits a button and locks all the doors for his family. He goes, this one even has even more of me in it. <laughs> and that's a true it's, thing. It's a it, great line. It is um, absolutely beautiful. It, there are so many Easter eggs. Yes. Um, I think it's it, it it has one of the greatest moments in the writer's room. Oh, it does. And and you never know if it's actually them under the sheets in the museum for you know when they go in and the, the statues are all covered, because that's how they sneak in in the Five Doctors reboot. You show them hiding underneath there while Matt Smith and Jenna walk through. Yes. Uh, did they were they actually in there or what or not? We don't know. They're not saying. So um, I love it when Doc, I wish there were more in like, now that we have a Doctor Who multiverse. Yes. Supposedly. I, you know, that, that gives hope for me in my own little actor's Mm -hmm. world that I'm like, maybe there'll be a spinoff where there's an alternate reality and the doctor has to find someone who looks exactly like her and performs like her to be her doppelganger because she's trapped in the TARDIS. And for whatever reason, I have to work with Sasha Dewan because <laughs> plot conveniences. They've, they've actually done a uh, they, they did a, a very, very uh, subtle multiverse uh, in the story Remembrance of the Daleks with Sylvester McCoy, where there is a TV on. And they said, I know it's 530. I know for an exciting adventures of Dut. And they turned it off right there. And I thought, ah. <laughs> I saw what you did there. Yes. So, so like, got it. We, we saw that. And that was, that was one of the, uh, I believe that was the 90, that was the um, 88 season or 87 season. I couldn't remember, but that was one of those, they tried to insert it in because he came back in, uh, in November of 63. Was, was that one. the first performance was that was that aces first no it's not her first uh she came she came on in uh you know that's going to escape me she she was in um gosh she came in when bonnie langford left they were in the same episode together and i'll i'll think of the title later but uh it's a um dragon fire excuse me dragon fire i just remember that one so she was a waitress in an interstellar cafe and we still okay have no idea how she got from Perryville to this interstellar cafe, but we just accepted it later. It's explained in the new adventure books, how, you know, how she traveled around. And um, there's even a rumor that Ace is coming back to the series. She's in so, one of the books. Yeah. And so and she's in many of the books, but uh, there's a, there's, no, with, with 13, with 13, yeah. there's a book called at childhood's end. Yes, Childhood's end. I have, I have the, um, where is it? And of course, because I'm mm-hmm. being, you know, typical me, um, I need to, uh, I have, I have. Yes. Me. Yes. Yep. That I need to download and listen to, but I, you know, for any, again, for anyone who is a fan of the 13th doctor, there are so many fun books out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to oh, give a special. Yes. I want to give a special plug to um, sure. uh, Combat Magics by Stephen Cole. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Because I actually, when I finished it, I did a TikTok and I sent it to him, and he liked it. Um, <laughs> as well as two of two of my favorites, um, just because I love children's books. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Susie Day. Uh, where is it? Uh, Susie Day's Ghost Town, uh-huh. which is a lot of fun. And uh, Louis, uh, Louis Stoll's Paper Moon, oh, which Paper Moon, actually yeah. goes into how the psychic paper is made. Yes. And yes. It, is a, um, it is an absolutely fun, uh, wonderful little adventure. It might take you like an hour or two to read. Um, but there's a wonderful moment in the back where um, uh, you know, and she says, who was that doctor who played me in the alternate dimension? Oh, and we get Peter Capaldi's eyebrows. They are, they are fun little books. Um, it won't take you very long to read them, but again, if you are a fan of 13 or just, you know, fun little doctor who stories, I highly recommend checking them out. Anyway, getting back to the con. Yes. Um, we uh so I finished working out, I put on my cosplay, and I had a set cosplay for every single day. Sure. Um for Friday, I just stayed completely in 13 gear. Mm-hmm. Um so we I go down to breakfast and I ended up doing the brunch for two days. Mm-hmm. And Eric Perfect uh, Perfect 10 is there. And he sees me and he's like, uh, he speaks to the waiters like, Katie, come over, come sit with me, come have breakfast with me. Uh, so I have breakfast with him and we have a great time and we're just talking about things. And I mentioned, I saw Sasha is so amazing. Um, and then <laughs> the con officially starts. Right. And for the one thing I learned very, very, very quickly about Gallifrey is that don't be much like the doctor, don't be a slave to time. Right, right, right. Do not try to do everything. You are going to miss things. You won't um, be able to. It's just not possible. You won't ha- be able to do possible. certain things. I wanted to see Mandip's um, interview. I got distracted I doing a photo shoot with somebody else. Sure. I, yeah. I wouldn't have swapped it. Mainly, let yourself have fun. Yeah. Absolutely. You should make it your convention. That's something we we tell people at Chicago TARDIS, you know, when you go, you're not going to be able to get everything in. And um, at the same time, you know, the, the, the artists also want you to have the experience um, that, that you should have. And, and of course the dealers want you to visit the dealer's room. And um, I know, I know Gene Smith was at Gallifrey one. Uh, He had the alien entertainment uh, out there. And uh I, you know, he, he's, well, he's on the board of directors for, for them. So he, uh, and you notice that some of the things are similar too, like the main stage room is set up very similarly. And that's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a, what I call a blueprint for a really good layout. And some of the, uh, some of the side panels are are also there. A lot of my friends were on panels out there, uh, which was, uh, you know, it's it's how kind of, kind of they're, they're run very similarly because that's how they become successful. Uh, They've already announced uh, Gallifrey one, 2023. Uh, One one third long live the revolution, 33 and a third long live the revolution is the name of the convention. And I will be buying my, the second the tickets go on sale, I will be buying those. Yeah, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I can't promise anything, but I'm gonna see if I can possibly get uh, a professional leave day and maybe you gotta get out go. There. You've got to um, get out there. I. 
it's hard to do. I mean, especially as I get older, it's harder to do those weekend flights to LA and back. Those are oh, they are they four are hours. Insane. So, uh, but uh, this year was a big year for um, for Gallifrey One because it was rescheduled from the previous year. They mm. they canceled it due to COVID. They didn't even do a virtual. Um, Chicago TARDIS, I believe, was one of the few that did a virtual convention. Minneapolis did uh, one as well. And they actually joined in with Chicago TARDIS. They combined their conventions to do that virtual con, but Gallifrey One did not do that. So that's why the guest list, uh, as I was looking at the guest list for Gallifrey One, it is a laundry list of people uh, from anywhere from, you know, and a lot of people that, that I know very well, but we had a lot of cancellations too. Unfortunately, Bonnie Langford, Sophie Aldred, Annabelle Sholey, Annette Badlin, Derek Martin. Oh, it would have been nice to have him there. Nabel Shaban, Conrad Westmoss, Roberta Ingrata, and Keith Barnfather all canceled um, for this convention. I know um, I know Derek Martin, if you if your ears perked up out there, he is one of the earliest Dalek operators still alive. Um, so he was uh, he was supposed to be on the program. Some of the people that were on the program, of course, David J. Howe, who's probably got the greatest Doctor Who collection in the world. He has a museum in England. Uh, he buys one of everything when it comes out. So he's got that. Uh, uh, Colin Spall, of course, my friend John Davey. I helped him get his uh, Facebook page up and running. Uh, he's a good guy. Sadie Miller, of course, who we've had on the program here, and Lauren Cornelius, who we had there. And Fraser Hines comes with every convention. <laughs> Okay, so here's my, I have a Fraser Hines story. Oh, go for it. Well, everybody does. Go for it. We love him. We love so, his stories. <laughs> um, there's a gentleman, as I was getting my badge on, on Thursday, I get my badge, I put it on, and a gentleman walks by, and I recognize him thinking, I know, I've seen you at a previous con. It's so good to have you back. And I go up to him, I'm like, hey, it's good to see you. And he already, he puts out his arms to me and I'm yeah. like, oh, we know each other. We know, and I'm hugging him. I'm like, oh, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm, be- I'm absolutely fine. Um, and he's happy. And, I, and I'm like, I, where do I know you from? Do- probably Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just back off and I'm thinking, oh shit, it's him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, you can bleep that. You can bleep that. I, I was like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. But he's, he's absolutely, literally, this con was obviously you give the actors their space. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely give the actors, especially their space. in the off time. Yeah. That's, right. that's important. Yeah. But there wasn't, there was never a sense of, I, first of all, I want to give a shout out to the, um, the operators of the con because uh, I think we all, we all felt very safe at this con. You had to be vaccinated. uh, You always wore a mask. They received a lot of hate, a lot of hate for Mm -hmm. their, um, and, and at the closing ceremonies, uh, their head of marketing was saying how he was receiving hate comments and hate emails. Yes I, yes, I will give. I will give, and everyone was like, "What?" And they're you know being called awful names. There was I I um, and then at one you know saying how they received all this harassment and we started booing the the harassment and the there was one woman who shouted out exterminate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's sad. 
politics kind of crept into is creeping into our world. And that's um, it, it's, it, you know, it happened to Chicago TARDIS as well. There was, there was, uh, it wasn't very, um, they, they, the security team there cracked on it right away mm. and the hotel staff wasn't going to stand for it either. So Good. it was, it was definitely, but you know, the decision uh, was not mostly the convention's decision. It was based on the hotel uh, policy, the national right. hotel policy. So it, it's not Gallifrey One's decision to do all that. It was the Marriott LAX's and Marriott yes. Cor- Corporation. But yeah, by the way, the, the board of directors for Gallifrey One, are, and pardon me if I mispronounce these names, but uh, Robbie Bourget, Kathy Johnson, Joyce, uh, Joyce Lloyd, and Sean Lyon are the main uh, directors, public relations, facilities, technical, and logistics. Uh, and the staff, just there's a laundry list of people on that, on that list of staff. Um, and of course, with special thanks to Mr. Gene Smith, you know, he's on there as well, as well as Jason Hay Gallery, uh, who provides a lot of support from Big Finish and all that. So just, uh, just you know, um, and just telling our listeners, you know, I know I have listeners of all, you know, of all varieties of people you believe, want, you know, what you believe is what you believe. We're not here to question that. Uh, we're, we're a Doctor Who podcast. Uh, you know, if you if you want to debate that, there's other podcasts you can go to for that. But exactly. a lot of times it's not the decision of the convention staff. It's the decision of the corporate board that runs the hotel. And that you have to kind of keep in mind is that they are making those decisions. And as uh, as we are moving forward in the world with mandates lifting and rules changing, it's still going to be up to the hotel what they do. And as of now, I think the Westin Hotel in Lombard is going to permit, um, no, you know, unmasking and no vaccine cards as with Illinois. Um, right. But in California, it's a whole different place or in Minneapolis or in New York where conventions are happening all over the place. You have to give that leeway. And um, I'm glad that Gallifrey made you safe because it should. It was incredibly, I mean, this was a, this felt like a completely non-toxic con. Yes, yes. Everyone, I mean, there were periods where you would go up to someone and I would say, you know, someone would say, do you want to do a picture? And they would say, yeah. And you would usually say, do you want masks on or off? And you could take them off for like a few seconds. Right, right. And and everyone was comfortable with that. Unless, you know, I... um, and we'll get into when we get into the photo ops. There were so, yeah. you, you were always from. I always was at the. Um, I always wanted to respect what the actor was okay with. Right, right. Because they they'll have that in their agreement. You know, as far right. as Mandip, um, no physical contact. Right. Um, at least for me. I mean, we uh, our photo was just back to yeah, back. Yeah. Right, so no right. physical contact. Right. When I got. Um, I just I I hated that that the that the convention staff were bombarded like they were they received so much hate for this because they mm-hmm. they provided what was such a warm wonderful safe non toxic convention mm-hmm. um, and it was I mean the kickoff was just once the con started and I was on con time right. first thing I did was I'm gonna go get. Sasha Dewan's autograph. Mm-hmm. So they're already kind of separating us to where, because Sasha and Mandip did uh, autographs at the exact same time that first day. Um, and I get in line behind someone who actually, she gives me a tiny little prop 
that she made, she made tissue compressions hmm. in, um, do I have it down here? I don't think I do in, um, oh wait, no, I do. I have it. She made these. Oh, wow. Look at that. And she, um, I got in line and she gave one to me. Oh, it's upside down. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> she gave one to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then she, so again, they were very, uh, I, um, she got, she got in front of me and she was like, cause again, they're very strict about recording at the, at this con. Of course. Yes. 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 She said, will you record, um, me giving Sasha one of these <laughs> and I very sneakily like kind of I'm watching her and I'm like I'm positioned my phone very carefully and recorded the whole thing and sent it to her and she was uh she actually tried to record me in return but the um they caught her they wouldn't let her do it but yeah, she did they, snap a, yeah. they she did snap a few photos Sasha nice. was such a gentleman. He was yeah, he's genuine. A good guy. Yeah. He's so sweet. And one thing, one thing I did uh, when I met all of them was I stayed in my in my in my accent. Yes. And I waited to see if they would say anything. Mm. And uh, so so I said, thank, thank you, thank you so much. I'm so happy you're here. And he says, Where are you from? And I said, okay, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. How bad's my accent? And he said, are, are, is, it, is it real? I said, no, I'm actually from Chicago. And he laughed. And he's like, that's really good. I'm from, I'm from the North as well. And I told him, yeah. and I meant this, um, Disney, if you're listening, you make, you make him a Jedi or you make him a Sith. Yes. In any series he wants, and you let him choose his own <laughs> lightsaber. I'm dead serious about that. He needs to be a Jedi or a Sith. Um, then cool. I went to the uh, Doctor Who TikTok meetup. Okay. Where we met the icon of the, if there if there was one star of Gallifrey 2022, mm. it was the cosplay known as the Meeping Angel. Oh, yes, I saw that picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, my gosh. There were several of them. The Meeping but, Angel. Um, I want to give a special shout out to the originator of the Meeping Angel. Yes. Um, if I can. Uh, Christina is crafty on Instagram. Okay. Go please, find her. Please she follow the, her. Yes. Please follow her. She is one of the originators of the Meeping Angel. Um, that oh. video, I posted that video. That is one of the videos that went nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think to this day, that is one of my, what is that? Where, where is it? Where is it? 1.7 million views. Wow. Holy cow. That's amazing. <laughs> and there were several of them. There were several of them. Yeah, that's uh, walking around, and we had we just had so uh, absolutely stunning. Everybody was on par. There's Jay. There's the lovely soul who made me. 
My yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, that's Maddie. the one thing I, I wish uh, in, in when, when Jody was doing costumes in the her first appearance, you know, typically they do them in the TARDIS and it would have been great if she came out with the Tom Baker scarf around her neck and a cricket bat or something. Oh yeah. Kind of do, do homage to the, you know, like they've done in the past, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's really something Shout out to these two couples goals. They're married. Yes. Oh wow! Um, and to now, this little fellow showed up every single day in a different doctor outfit. Okay. Sixty-year-old pug. His oh, buggy was actually made as a TARDIS. Yeah. And I snuck around because this was during the Sasha photo op. Uh-huh. He they brought the pug for him to hold, and I just I kind of like snuck around just so that I could see him lifting up the pug because everyone was going aw. And the one thing that happened, someone was, um, again, we were, I think we were very sneaky in our photos because we didn't, obviously we didn't want to disturb anybody, Mm -hmm. but I did my accent for Mandip. Oh, nice. And and she said, wait, where are you from? And I said, all right, can I be honest with you? How bad is it? She said, are you putting it on? Like, yeah, I am. And I dropped it and someone got her reaction Oh, wow. Face palm moment. <laughs> yeah. She was legit like, what wow. the heck? And that will play into another story later. Well, I'll be honest. When I first met you, I thought you were legit. I mean, I thought well, that I, accent, that accent had me convinced you were from England. Uh, and, and that, that was like, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And then when I heard you talk, I'm like, wow, she's really good at accents. That's I had to, yeah. a, a lot of it for me is ear training. Right. Right. Um, right. But I think, Jody's accent is very unique in and of itself. Yes, it is. Yes. So there is a, um, um, you know, I hear her, but I also, um, I've listened to audios on how to tackle certain accents. And again, it all comes down to uh, just doing it over and over again in repetition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really wanted to get a down, particularly because I was doing all these TikToks and I really wanted to get her accent. Uh, so it's kind of a mishmash, I think. Um, but again, took me over a year to get it down right. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so, uh, table of, here you go. Table of all weeping angels. And they have lunch there every single day. Yeah. Um, so that you can get lunch. They were, they were great. Um. Did you see any sea devils? No. Oh, that's interesting because I, I Doctor Who RGB Productions on Instagram is is modeling these masks that are very genuine and you know, very costly to to have, but they're selling right. because of the the preview of the Return right. of the Sea Devils from 1972, by the way, <laughs> where they first came out, and then later in but only in episode one of Warriors of the Deep with uh, Peter Davison, um, the Sea Devils appeared. So a, a big throwback uh, to to the Pertwee era, and even some a lot of rumors about this uh, this episode. As far as you know, even the one that I'm sure is completely nonsense, but I'll say it anyway, even though somebody's going to write stuff about it. That right. um, that Sean Pertwee was tapped to play his dad briefly uh, in that episode, and I thought, well, that would be incredible. But that would be amazing. I'm, I'm not sure that's going to that's going to happen. Um, but it, it was certainly, there was, there were pictures floating around people have photoshopped him in, mm. in the third, you know, saying, I'm like, 
Yeah, that, the problem I have with rumors, especially with, you know, the, the, the big one right now is that David Tennant is taking over as 14, yeah. that, which which I've, I've, you know, whenever I get my newsfeed, it's like, okay, here's some credible information. I said, they're not going to, they're we're not going to know until they do an official reveal, right. but um, it's just, you know, and, and of course there's, there's talk of John Barrowman coming back to the program mm-hmm. as, uh, as uh, yeah, you know, Jack, uh, Captain Jack he hasn't been banned from the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's Dr. Who news these days is all basically, um, you know, conjecture, opinion, uh, guesswork and, and rumor. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, no, we know for sure the sea devils are in there and it's, yes. yeah, it's on yeah. a, it's, it's an old, it's a thing. And so I'm glad to see in some of our final moments, it's, we're going to be throwing ourselves back to yes. putting the series together. And I thought, you know, uh, that's something I, uh, just to, I'll, I'll throw out this this for a moment. I was on a panel a, a couple years ago, Chicago TARDIS, where the panel was, "Do we need the classic series?" And the person just started off ranting about it. And I finally said, "Okay, can I say something here?" And I said, "The tenth Doctor met the Makra, second Doctor. All of them met the Cybermen, first Doctor. The yeah. Daleks, first Doctor. Ice Warriors, second Doctor. Shall I go on?" Yeah. And I got a standing ovation from the audience because they shut this lady down and I, I don't know who she, I don't remember who, what her name was and I don't care to name it, but um, I just thought how are, you know, the series is desperately trying to keep a hold of its basic fan base from yeah. 1963 to 1989. And so you, all those things were established by these incredible Ooh. writers uh, including, you know, 51 years ago, the master came out. And he was shrinking people in the first episode. So that became, that became his first thing. And of course, you know, nobody can replace Roger Delgado, uh, but um, that had, that character has come back time and time again uh, throughout the history of Dr. Who. And now bringing the sea devils back, I think this is, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, we had a Silurian already because Madame Vastra was a Silurian. So, you know, we, we can go forward with that. And I, I just don't understand this whole divide. And I'm, and this is I, not the episode we're going to, they're going to, we're going to decide that, but no. I just wanted to, to point that out that I thought what an amazing thing for Jodie Whittaker's final couple episodes before we get the big reveal on what they're, where they're going. Yeah. We don't know where they're going, but already they've started, apparently they've started production. So we just don't have a reveal yet. And security is tight. Uh, and and people actually people have gone to the BBC to throw off the the people who park in the front of the building and watch. I, uh, William Russell walked into the building. Who's by the way, he's ninety four years old. He's the first companion, uh, and they said, "Well, is he back in it?" No, he was just fooling people. Oh my god, I I love that. I I love them. I love yeah. them for doing that. I just one of the. I was actually listening to a podcast um, by mm. a creator named Mister Tardis. Okay. And he was saying that he had worked a job with um, a a single Muslim mother. Mm -hmm. And she had two daughters at the time. I think they were five and seven. And they loved, first of all, they loved uh, Yasmin Khan. And they still do. And to see positive Muslim representation in the show, which is amazing. And he ran into her like a few months ago. And she, he, he asked, you know, are they still enjoying the show? And she said, oh, yes, but they're, they're getting into the classic series now. And they are Colin Baker stands. Oh, nice. They love the sixth doctor. Yeah. 
Oh, and he's a he's a great I doctor. I don't understand this. I let me, you know, here's the thing. Yeah. I I don't know classic who that mm-hmm. well. Right, right. But there does not have to be this this divide right, or either right. or I will say it until the day I die. If you love New Who, you're a Whovian. If you love classic Who, you're a Whovian. You're a Whovian. If, you the, if you only love the Target books, if you only love the comics, right. if you only love Big Finish, you are a Whovian. Yes. Just yes. Res- all you have to do is respect other people's love for the show, how, how they love the show. Do not, you know, so long as you are respectful, even if you, if someone says, oh, well, this is my, you know, this is my favorite doctor. And you're like, well, they're not my favorite doctor, but they're a great doctor because they're still, the, I'm, I'm not going to okay. knock something over because I was getting so into it. <laughs> the fact okay. of the matter is we are all Whovians. Yes. And we yes. are all bound by our love of the doctor. And there, you know, there are fans who will say, I don't like this doctor or I don't like, you know, who... What, at, at someone, one of my close friends was saying she was dressed up as Jodie Whittaker's doctor at London. There were so many, there were so many 13s at London Film and Comic Con. And there was somebody who was going up to people saying, oh, you're dressed like 13. I don't like her very much. Yeah. Why? Why are you saying Why? that? Yeah, we, we, Why? We, we... All you have to, I, you know, I'm not, I always feel like there are doctors who are not my favorite, they are still the doctor and they are still amazing. And I, t- I will tell you this, the doctor would never condone you saying what no, you just no, said. No, 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 no. I, I, I still recall um, one Chicago TARDIS when they announced that Jodie Whittaker was going to be the doctor. My friend Assad had searched the internet and found the rainbow t-shirt and wore it to Chicago TARDIS saying, you know, Hey, this is great. And of course there was this, the worldwide debate, which caused Peter Davison to cancel his Twitter account um, to, to say whether it is appropriate for a woman to be the doctor. And I said, well, that's already been decided because we've had cross gender. um, Well, we call it a cross gender regeneration, but the Time Lord Society has no concept of gender. So, you know, Romana could have easily been a man in the seventies. They could have done that early on to to establish it. They didn't. Um, They kind of, they kind of, messed up that whole thing anyway but they they tried there was even talk of of tom baker regenerating into a woman back in the 80s and that was just one of those things they fed the press to kind of get them rattling but they'd already you know the new producer had already picked his successor so it was all all done but um when when they we are way beyond your petty obsession with gender yeah absolutely and uh you know I, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed all of Jody's episodes. I've watched every single one of them. I've, I've seen every Doctor Who story since 1963. I'm not going to miss uh, the current Doctor, and I'm looking forward to the next Doctor, whoever exactly. he or she may be. Um, it's it's Doctor Who, and that's uh, how I was introduced to the show when I was five years old, you know, back in the 70s. So, and we had this we had the same kind of divide. It's a similar thing back in the early 70s when the BBC was looking at marketing Doctor Who to the United States and they made the decision saying, oh, they're not going to be interested in that black and white stuff. Send them the color stuff. And so unfortunately, if they had 
forward thinking and decided to send us all of the first and second Doctor stories, we might have a complete run of Doctor Who right now because that's where we got the lost color stories was from right. American stations that kept the copies and said, you know, hey, no, no, we still got it. Instead, yeah. you marketed all that black and white stuff to Nigeria, Iraq, Iran, Australia. And of course, in some of those places, a lot of wars have happened and revolutions and things like that. And they discovered all of Tomb of the Cybermen in Nigeria. You know, they, they visited a TV station and they were like, yes, we have Doctor Who, you know, <laughs> and that's how they found it. You know, and they found Enemy of the World all complete. They found most of Web of Fear. They, you know, they're, they're, still, they're still out there. But when I first saw uh, in 84, I visited, you know, the first convention, I, big convention I went to, the video room was a huge thing. And I walked in and they were in the middle of showing the war games. And I just couldn't, you know, I don't care what I was missing. I'm going to sit in that chair and watch the yeah. rest of this because I had never seen that story. And that is one of the most incredible stories ever written by two of the greatest Doctor Who writers, Malcolm Hulk and Terrence Dix. And it was also the final story of the second doctor, which led up to the trial and his exile to earth, which right. kind of gave you the whole uh, thing. There it was the final story for Fraser Hines. Uh, he had been, he had the longest run of any companion in doctor who from the second, uh, from the second story of Patrick Troughton all the way through to the very final one. Uh, and, he he was his last story. It was a it was a wonderfully written, a very good plot line. Uh, it involved uh, the first time the word Time Lord was mentioned. By the way, uh, the home planet uh, was not named until the next Doctor, but mm -hmm. we have we have established the Doctor's race as the Time Lords. Yes. So because there's a rival Time Lord that's running this whole thing. So right. I. You know, it definitely, if you've got two and a half hours, you watch all 10 episodes of the war games, you will not be disappointed out there. Um, I remember when it came out on VHS, it was on two tapes. So it was, it was really something that all 10 episodes exist uh, because that was right on the borderline when they started destroying episodes and somebody finally put a stop to it. Yeah. Thank and, God. And one guy walked in and rescued the first Dalek story. It was on the shelf, ready to be put in the incinerator, all seven episodes of the first Doctor Who Dalek story. He's like, I'm taking these. <laughs> and that's how we rescued the first Dalek story. So it's it's really uh we lost uh we lost one episode of the John Perkwe era because it was mislabeled. Um it's back now, we have it, uh, but um it's it's still one of those things that we we struggle with as Doctor Who fans that we will never see a complete run. And now that animations have been canceled, uh, we're not sure how you know, where we're going to go with that. Right. So sorry for the rant, everybody, but that's. Oh, <laughs> no, I think it's, it actually leads into um, later that night. I mm -hmm. can't remember exactly. Um, I think I, I must've been going through some of the. Um, uh, where did I get? Oh, no, no, no. I went to, I went to another convention uh, con. I went to another photo op meetup. Oh, nice. <laughs> and before that, um, I went and got my photo taken with Sasha. Nice. Yes. And I knew it. exactly what I wanted. And I thought, oh, please let him be comfortable with this. If he's not, he's not. That's totally fine. I said, um, would you be okay doing a photo where if the doctor asked the master to travel with her again? And the master said, yes. And he said, of course, <laughs> no, come, here, come here, come here. And he takes my hands and he's like, no, 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 get closer, get closer. And we yes. got that. And I was, I was a shaking 
mess. (laughs) I was a shaking mess. He was so sweet. And that night we went to the, what the first meetup that I did. Uh And that was the, the headliners were, uh, Sasha Dewan and Eric Roberts. Oh, Who Eric I Roberts. Bu- wow. I bumped into him several times. He's another good master. <laughs> very, very sweet. Always called me doll, um, which I'm not going to unpack. Uh, you, know, you know, he's but, related to Julia Roberts. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I connected with him because um, we were just spending some time talking. He signed my autograph and I said, you know, I'm, I'm literally you know, a 15 minute walk away from everything that they shot on the dark night. Yeah. And the room where his trial took place is in the same building where I was officially adopted. Wow. How Um, about that? He was, he is so nice. There were several big Finnish actors. Well, uh, there were, there were several background actors there. Yes. They were all, and the gentleman who I was at the table with, I don't know if you know this man, he runs, uh, or he ran uh, a, a Lisner, which was Elizabeth Sladen's um, fan magazine. Yeah, I know who he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, I've done panels with him. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, he, I did a virtual uh, panel with him. Yeah, very, he's a great guy. Very sweet, had a lot of fun. And then... We um there was of course uh for Galley One fans and for actors alike, there was Idiot's Lantern. Yes. <laughs> they were all I love that story. Love so that story. lovely. Um the fact that they they of course they had the Doctor Strange, they had crossovers. Um I want to pull up her name because she is truly absolutely an incredible actor who in the show plays um plays the 13th doctor uh athena stamos her her username is athena stamos on instagram okay there she is oh wow yeah truly wonderful absolutely sweet um everyone and everyone there was so outstanding great comedy um then we went i went and played cards against humanity Oh. This is one of the craziest nights. <laughs> I am not even going to go into some of the answers that we had because we oh, were. Yes, I can imagine. Rooting. Next day, I go as the time doctor, uh, yes. which and and uh, the the fugitive doctor from uh, time once again had a yes. ton of fun there. Um, <laughs> got my photo done with, I want to, and I need to shout out a couple of cosplayers. While Please. I'm yes. Go ahead. The, the time Lord, Miss Frizzle. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the incredible K nine. Oh, wow. <laughs> the That's entirety per- of the Spyfall crew. Oh, awesome. In full tuxedo. Uh, and that was actually at the Jody. We still love you panel, which was oh, a nice, lot nice. of fun. Nice. Um, Moving down, I'm trying to remember what else happened today. Oh, so here, wait. So we're going to keep going. Um, a passenger. 
Oh, oh this, you know, my listeners did not if, if, talk um, to me. He did not talk. He was just staring. He just didn't did it. Stayed in yeah. character. But to my listeners, if you want to see these incredible images, you have to get on our Patreon page. Yes, be at the fifteen dollar level and see this video because in audio, oh my god, that Santarin is amazing. Yeah. Oh, and he was in. That, he he would approach and you know he would take photos and, uh, and he would say, "I wish you a graceful, a powerful death in battle." Uh, he was I, in at the entire. There was there was a recent inter, uh, I think it was on Facebook a challenge of add a line and then add at the end for the glorious for the uh, glory of the Empire. So I said I'm having a bagel with cream cheese for the glory of the Santarin Empire. This cosplayer <laughs> costs oh a comic accurate Missy. That looks amazing. Oh my he gosh! Literally took shots from the comic to make sure that her scarf was accurate. Was the accurate? Oh, oh, she. You gotta do. You gotta see this stuff, guys. The the cosplay the cosplayers of today. Oh, oh my goodness! And they were selling them. They were selling yes. them there, and I had to do it. Now I want to give a very there, there were there were costumes who just uh-huh. won the convention, and one of them was the couple who came as Peppa and Bruno from Encanto. Oh, nice. And they just won, they won everything. I loved them for doing that. And for those of you who can't see, um, he, uh, he has the, tart, the bucket on his head uh, yes. has police box written on it. Oh, that's so great. we have more. Oh, also, we had more meeping angels. Oh, yes. Oh. Um, they were they were basically the icons of the event. Um my the first of many encounters with my favorite companion oh, of K-9, all time, yes, who was so lovely. Um, mm. Another dear friend who came as Edris. Oh, nice! Yeah. Um, my friend Sharon, who was oh, I, oh, I love that jumper. Yeah. Oh, she that, did that's, so amazing. She she got Sylvester McCoy. She was there for Sylvester McCoy. What yes. I have come to call a baker's dozen, which is a group of 13s. Yes. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's Eric O'Branson, uh, in the gentleman with uh, the balding gentleman here, the yes. tall guy. Yeah, he is a he he hosts the police box in the junkyard podcast, a direction point network podcast, by the way, good friend of ours. So yeah, there you go. Shout out to Eric. Good, good. We were all together. Uh, that was when I got my photo op with Joe. Oh, Joe Martin. Oh, wow, that's she great. Was, she was wonderful. Originally, I wanted to do the hand-holding. Uh, yeah, she said, you're gonna, no she contact. She was not comfortable yeah. with that. That was totally fine. So she said, what do you want to do? Like, I'm the doctor. No, I'm the doctor. Uh, and <laughs> that leads into um, a dear friend of mine, Robin. Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Robin, uh, Robin Nerdy Nix, uh, Nixon, she came as Yaz. Oh, look now, at that. She was not at the convention. She just came to see me because we had been friends for a very long time. That's wonderful. And we were having a, um, we were having a wonderful time and, uh, uh, you know, just standing there talking and she was so happy to be there. And I want to put it up, pull it up for as a visual. I'm hoping I can find her because, Mm -hmm. um, Rob, uh, I don't know if I can. Oh, please, please, please. Uh, well, maybe if I uh, fugitive doctor. Um, and we're talking because she she is an incredible, incredible Doctor Who cosplayer. 
You mm-hmm. name the character, she's done it. Um, come on, you got to give me something to work with here. Or maybe Ruth Doctor. Hmm. There we go. Please, please give me something. Come on, guys. This moment of silence brought to you by National Public Radio, everybody. Thank you. Yes. Where they, um, they do silence as part of their programming. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, would it be better if I just went to... Um, here we okay. go. Here we go. Don't you know, worry I'm going to pull, I'm going to yeah. pull her up on, because this is something, this is critical to the story. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's do it. Robin. Um, Nerdy Nixon. Doctor. Now she had posted this on, um, and again, she's done everybody. Mm-hmm. She has done her own version of the oh, master. Wow. wow. Um, She's done Yaz. Also, shout out to 101 Cosplay Rose right there who does a yes. phenomenal Yes, yes. Um, but she did, where is it? Come on. She also she's also done her own um, she's done her own 13. Oh, very nice. Phenomenal. But the one that just blew my mind, also shout out to her. Shout out to her, Missy. She's perfect. She's amazing. Oh, yes. That's but again, there is not a Doctor Who cosplayer. There's not a, here she is. Yeah. Oh, wow. And she posted photos of herself as the fugitive doctor. Nice. That Ruth saw and liked. That's great. So we're standing together and we're, you know, I, I'm in my, um, I'm in my 13th Jedi cosplay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Jedi would do anything to protect the one she loves. Absolutely. Um, and I see something out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, I can't pass this up. And I put, I, I turned up, I say to Robin, I'm going to turn you around very, very slowly. And I turn her, I say, Joe, I don't know if you know who this is. Joe Martin was passing by on her way to get lunch. Oh, wow. And she looks right at Robin and says, my twin <laughs> and Robin is shaking. Wow. But um, it was, it, it, it was so wonderful. That's great. The, the oh, fact that, yeah. you know, they, they had, it was, Oh, do I, do I, where's, cause she, she put, she posted the, the photo. By the way, to my listeners too, you should consider go to gallifrey1.com for information about the 33 and a third long live the revolution set for February 17th to 19th, 2023 at the Marriott Los Angeles airport. Uh, it'll be the 33rd annual convention. So they, there it is. There it is. Oh, that, oh, that's great. Oh, look at that. Oh. It was it was absolutely amazing, and then when I went to get um, my uh, a Ruth uh, Joe's autograph, mm-hmm. she was like, "That was so wonderful." But she loves you. Yeah, it, it was Doctor Who is this incredible, unifying, beautiful force. 
Um, yeah, and- ab- absolutely. I mean, uh, our last episode, we had uh, Lauren Cornelius on, and she's great out of gr- drama school. And she's playing Dodo Chaplet for Big Finish, which is an iconic uh, companion from the first Doctor series. And she said that uh-huh. you, she kind of got the the baptism by fire in the Doctor Who world, but she absolutely loves how the fans of Doctor Who are super respectful, super kind, super nice. That you know, and uh, the same thing when when I met Tozen Cole. Um, a couple of years ago, and he said that you know he did Shakespeare and was able to walk down the street. And nobody recognized him, but after that, after he did Doctor Who, they recognized him almost immediately. Even he, when he had his beard and all that yeah. stuff, and, and I've got a picture of me with him. He had the beard, and I just asked him. I said, "So, did anybody warn you about these conventions?" He goes, "Yeah, I had a few calls, and they said, you know, here's how you navigate those waters.'" And uh, and he was only on for one season, but still, you know, uh, what a a uh, tremendously kind gentleman, uh, just a just a uh, a guy that I was so glad that it was pre-pandemic, you know. So you right. know, we we got pretty close for the photo op, and I, I was like, "Man, you are you are just a, an amazing actor, and I really love what you do." He's like, "Thank you." I, I don't hear that for other roles, you know, and that's um, the same thing I'm hearing from you know, like Sadie Miller and Lauren Cornelius that this is these are the roles that are. Kind of, you know, and, and some people, some actors, you know, like for instance, the late Jackie Lane, who played Dodo Chaplin, uh, she gave one interview, refused to do any DVD commentary, went to one convention because it was a charitable event, and said, "I'm, I'm out. That's it." And sadly, she passed away last year. Uh, but uh, she, you know, there's some actors that did the series that didn't want anything to do with it further on. And then some that, you know, like Tom Baker, when he left the show, he refused to come back for the anniversary show. And he regrets that decision every single day of his life, because now that he's 88 years old uh, and he's still playing the doctor on big finish, this is his life. This is something people love him for. I mean, maybe not the magic of Sinbad, maybe not for Nicholas and Alexandra where he played Rasputin, Uh, you know, just, he he's the fourth doctor forever more. And so I think, you know, people like Joe Martin and uh, you know, even like Colin Spall who played a couple of side characters, he's vastly, vastly popular in the doctor who world or John Davey. You don't even get to see his face. <laughs> he's a Cyberman most of the time. Um, and, and he's a professional monster or Richard Ashton, who's uh, done, you know, he was a lead on the Vikings uh, series, oh. but he was an ice warrior. So, I mean, that's, you know, that John Levine, before he was Sergeant Benton, was a Yeti and an Ice Warrior. <laughs> so. <laughs> so at this point in the con. Yeah. It's time for the big panel. The yes. one with Joe, Sasha, and um, Manta. Yeah. And the, and the two executive producers. So mm. they're all sitting there. I, I also want to point out one thing I didn't mention was I had had breakfast again with uh, Eric, Perfect Ten Cosplay. Yes. And that morning, this is Saturday, I also saw Sasha at the gym again. Of course. Uh, that's, a side, that's a side note. But um, so they're going through the con, they're going through and they're talking about how, you know, they're going through their questions, then it gets to the fandom. Mm-hmm. And the um, uh, Matt, Matt Stre- Strevens, mm-hmm. Strevens says, the fans have been so lovely and so energetic. Uh, For example, yesterday I was at breakfast and I sat down and uh, this couple sits next to me. The husband is dressed as David Tennant's doctor. 
The wife is dressed as Jodie Whittaker's doctor. And they're sitting down and they're talking about coupley things and, and how uh, lovely it was. And the wife had seen Sasha Dewan at the gym and she was absolutely beside herself. <laughs> and, 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 and everyone laughs and Sasha, to his eternal credit, says, well, to be fair, I was running naked on the treadmill. Um, <laughs> and I just stop. I literally freeze. Yeah. And I'm thinking... They're talking about me and Eric and I pull out my phone and I'm because Eric is in everyone was there I'm, I'm texting him I'm like they're talking about us and he says I know so toward the end of the panel uh-huh. uh they bring up they're starting to bring up people for questions right I shoot as far as I can and I get there other people are asking their questions and I get up now I'm terrified I'm shaking uh-huh. yeah but as an actor, I've already like timed out the uh, the comedic timing in my head. And I say, um, first of all, I owe Sasha Dewan a huge apology. And you kind of hear this little bit of mumbling, like, what the hell is she talking about? And I said, because I was the woman you overheard at breakfast. The whole audience goes <laughs> nuts. The whole audience goes nuts. And I asked a question that I asked at Chicago TARDIS Mm -hmm. that a lot of people seem to respond very positively to, which is Doctor Who is a very, is a very magical experience. It's like, you know, knowing Mm -hmm. that Santa Claus is real. When did that magic really hit you? Mm. Um, Or when did you really feel that magic? And it could have been anything from a script reading to a moment Sasha said it was when he did the master's laugh for the first time. Yes. Yes. I think Mandip said, um, Mandip said there were a couple of times and I think Joe said it was her first day filming Mm -hmm. um, when she was filming as the doctor. Right. Right. And I told her, um, you know, there are moments where we all recognize the actor as the doctor. And when you took Jody's hand, I just started crying because mm-hmm. I'm like, there she is. That's the doctor. And the police box buried in the backyard. I was shaking. I was so happy. Mm. I'll and tell then you, later that yeah. night, later that night at the meetup, she, Joe had actually been afraid that she wasn't, because she was filming a movie with Alec Baldwin at the time. And she was afraid that she wasn't going to be able to make it out. Like they were, they were, they were uh, running over schedule. Mm. And someone at the table said, wait a minute, are you doing an American accent? And she said, yes, I am. I'm, it's, <laughs> it's not that good. I said, I'll tell you what, you do your American accent. I do my Northern accent. And she said, fine, you go first. I said, fine, you know, let's talk about accents. How long have you been trying to do yours? And she was just, she was just like, I'm you out. Need <laughs> she, was in, she, she was so wonderful. And her American accent is good. Yes. Her American yeah. accent is good. I'm so excited to see this film. Um, later that night, mm-hmm. I was having, because I had already had dinner, um, and I went and got dessert with a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. And then, because um, we were all doing like crossovers, I lo- we have the, uh, the 10th Dr. Joker, my friend Chris. Oh, nice. And um, Joe as one of two, not Joe, uh, Jay as one of two, Harley Quinn 13s. Oh, nice, nice. Um, oh, also huge shout out 
to a dear friend of mine who did the Gallifreyan Mandalorian. Oh, that's oh, that's great. With oh, the folks. adipose big yes. Grogu. You've got to see that, folks. Oh, uh, uh, ab- be- before I forget, I want to just ask yeah. you some for, for the questions that I get to without without you know delving too bit into a personal question, but um, what would say uh, would be the ballpark cost of attending Gallifrey One? Oh God! Travel, um, travel hotel, um, maybe just not not including all the different you know photographs and autographs and things you may have bought, but just just the 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 fact of getting there because people have asked me, well, wow, you know, I'd love to go, but what's the what's the you know the bottom line? So could you give? I think if you if you split a room with somebody, mm-hmm. you're and you get your ticket. If you don't buy any, if you only buy a weekend pass. And you only uh, purchase travel, and if you can split a room, eight hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars. That sounds about. That sounds fair. But I you mean, have to split a room. You have to split a room. And this is flying. I shout out lot, yeah. uh, oh, lot, sure. uh, lots of cosplay. She's oh, nice. the one who did the. Um, oh, nice, nice. You got to see this, and of course, that's flying economy to LAX. Yes, um, yes. And, and of course, the hotel is very close to the airport, so it's not you know. Disney is Romana. Oh, Romana. I love Romana. Now, I didn't know <laughs> that there were days where, like, immediately to to fight off con, uh, con blues, a bunch of them will go to Disneyland afterwards. Yes. Like, they'll take a day. Yeah. And I should have done that. I should have done that. Of course, Disneyland is a little bit of a drive from LA. A little bit. It is. Yeah. It is a little Anaheim. bit of a drive, but you stay yeah. an extra day, and it's totally worth it. I will say, so I was coming back from dinner and all of a sudden, I hear Jody, and I jolt. I'm like, they can't be. So there had been a bunch of big Finnish actors and background actors who had done Cybermen and Monsters yes. at the meet and greet. Someone said, "Come over, do your 13 for us." Oh, I think that's Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason Hay Gallery. Uh... Oh, wow. That's John Davey right there, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, I know. I recognize John. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love the Big Finish crew. It's they were so <laughs> yeah. lovely. They It was genuinely just some of the nicest. Yes. Oh, gosh, they, yes. They were truly, you know, oh, the, our, our, our resident Dalek. Of course, you got to have a Dalek there. There was yeah. only one Dalek there this year. Well, a lot of the builder, we've got a lot of Doc Dalek builders here in Chicago, and they they transport their Dalek to Chicago TARDIS. Yeah, but it's hard to fly with the Dalek. That's, yeah, it. I. Uh, yeah. And that's in a, and unfortunately, the, in LA. Uh, although I bet uh, I'm not sure if you saw it at LA, but usually they have the Eighth Doctor's TARDIS console from the TV movie on display. At Gallifrey that wasn't there this year. Wasn't there because uh, that whole set disappeared from the Fox uh, warehouse. Oh. oh, look at that! That's a good canine. My favorite. Yeah. My favorite shot. They the the operator mm-hmm. just got so many. Was so kind and let me get. Oh yeah. So yeah. many shots. Now here's, um, my favorite shot of the whole con. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now this is something that I think your listeners will, mm-hmm. and your, um, 
this was a gentleman who I can't remember exactly uh, who he was. So forgive me. No but problem. He did the last um, story that was approved by Bob before his death. Oh, nice. Okay. So you're talking about Bob Baker, of course. Yeah. That's the crea- co-creator of K9. Dave Martin, of course, is still with us. They, they, uh, the Invisible Enemy, yeah, 1977, I think. Oh, nice. So Very I nice. got those photos for him and sent them so that he could put them on his uh, Twitter. Yeah. Oh, very nice. He uh, and he was such a lovely fellow. Yeah. And then, of course, I got. It's a dog. It's a dog. It's a dog. It's a puppy. Canine will saw forever that, yeah. be. Canine will forever be my favorite companion. Companion. I can't help it. I, I agree. Uh, I've always loved Canine. Uh, have you ever met John Leeson? No. Uh, maybe not in the limited experience, but of course, John Leeson was at TARDIS in 2019. He's the voice of K9. Uh, I, would, I, would, I, would, so, I would lose yeah. it. I would absolutely lose it if I, he, I'm telling you, I'm telling does, you right uh, now, he's, if he's I a guy that, K9, yeah. if I could meet the voice of K9, I would absolutely lose oh, my mind. I'm hoping they'll get him back because he's, he's such, he's got, he's one of the guys that tells a lot of stories about acting from the seventies and all that, but he got the voice of K9 and, and uh, just a, uh, he still does it. He can still do it because he's still doing it for big finish. <laughs> okay. I can't even describe I that. Did. You're going to have to, you're going to have to become a subscriber and see that video folks. So that's, <laughs> and I did, I mean, we had so much, we had, so this was the greatest time, everything from, uh, where was it? Everything from getting, uh, you know, meeting myself and realizing I'm still not ginger. Right. <laughs> still not ginger. Right. In fact, that was on the ribbon I got. It was like, uh, it's still all good. G- still not ginger. <laughs> or, um, Matt Smith's famous line. That's like, uh, what? not ginger. <laughs> and then, um, you know, meeting, being, being a Jedi and doing a mind trick on a Cyberman. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's a good Cyberman too. He was amazing. He was so, he was so in, in character. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that is awesome. Oh, this is wonderful. It was so, I can't even begin to tell you, this is, this is not something you can even really describe. It's. I I just say you need to get to Gallifrey one, everybody, and uh, definitely uh, get your, you know, you can go to Gallifrey1.com right now. Tickets are not on sale yet. uh, And they um, they are, they are limited. Yeah, they are limited. So they, they do run out. In fact, this year's was sold out completely. Um, it was the longest uh, guest list in uh, in as far as that goes. Now, of course, uh, Chicago TARDIS has announced some guests already. We've got Sylvester McCoy, Fraser Hines, and Jason Hay-Gellery already on the list. So uh, people have said, wow, Fraser Hines. I said, yeah, he just comes with your ticket now. Yeah, he so, pretty much does. And this he, is will, his, he will give you a hug. He, he will, will, As long as he is able to do conventions, he will keep doing them because he absolutely loves the fans and he will, uh, you know, he, when he's on, he's on. 
Oh, and of yeah. course, I've never seen him in his off time because he often tells me he'll do room service and not go down to the restaurant because right. he likes to be completely, you know, when he's down, his downtime yeah. is his downtime. But uh, he's, um, in fact, I, I remember getting uh, from Frazier, actually from Frazier, because uh, he's a good friend of David J. Howe, who's a friend of mine, mutual friend. And Frazier was giving away or getting rid of all of these promo record albums that he gets from, you know, being a consultant for BBC audio. And so David's like, do you want uh, an album? I said, yeah, it's, it's, you know, he wants like 25 pounds for it. I said, sure, no problem. It's a city of death. It's a promo. And so he said, would you like Frazier to sign it? I said, great. So Frazier signs it. And then David sent me a picture of Frazier signing the... (laughs) So now I got to get Frazier to sign the photo. So a photo signed of Frazier signing an autograph for me. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to, and just as, just as like this embodiment of how kind everybody is, Mm -hmm. um, there was a, I I forgot my wallet Mm. and someone actually paid for my Starbucks. Yeah, that happens. And then I go down and, um, of course the wonderful who shop is there Yes, and auntie Alex and Kevin are there. And I buy, there was a beautiful comic um, cover that was done for children's charity. Yes, yes. That yes. I'm, uh, um, that was, again, for the, the visuals. Um, yes. Doctor Who charity comic. And yes, I do spell things. Uh, I, here we go. So there's, 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 there's got to be a better one. I love it so much. I have that poster. I feel like it just embodies everything that's Doctor Who. I met I and, met the artist. Yeah. Um, I did. Uh, I spent. They were. It was cash only because it was going right for the charity. I'm not sure if it's in. This so movie. I bought the comic, and actually because. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. This is the uh, eleven. I think it's fourteen by something. But yeah, I I. You could only get this uh, if you, I, I met the artist and he was, right. our conversation went, he goes, he goes, hold on, don't move. And he went back and got one of these out of his satchel and gave it to me. So it's a, it's a beautiful, um, yeah, I don't remember what size these are. These are the big ones, by the way, shout out to the Anthony Ainley master. Oh, that is incredible. <laughs> that is so, so good. Just, to, um, I just have one of these the, one of the artists, one of the writers, Jody, Jody uh, How- uh, Hauser was there. And she, oh, she yeah, yeah. This in, like a little H right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then I saw something else that I wanted. It was like Jody's first magazine. It was a kid's magazine. And I asked that I'm asked, I'm like, how much is this? And they're like, just take it. And I'm like, no, no more giving me things. You're going to find, uh, Katie, you're going to find people give you stuff. I mean, that that poster yeah, yeah. was given to me. I did not pay for it. Uh, it. I've got a ton of things behind me that were like, oh, here, just take this. Yeah, you know, my I'm my like, trip, my tribute to Terrence Sticks book, which is in color. Uh, I have that, you know, the, um, the Bellamy, the original Bellamy cover for the Radio Times was a gift. Uh, the, the post, the Dalek canvas was a gift i mean those those things that and um and of course my my i can't show it on camera here but the last um chris achilleos uh, gave me a, a print of day of the daleks cover with it says to larry and the doctor who collectors podcast your friend chris and chris chris passed away in december so it was one of my cher- most cherished items uh, just from the fact that nobody can get that anymore right completely 
um, gone. Uh, and then another gift I got from a friend here was was one of these. I don't know if you've seen these before. This is oh, a beautiful a dictionary page with the uh, with the artwork and all that. This was uh, this was uh, something that was bought off of Etsy and was given to me. It's a God, Matt Smith, I love Etsy. Uh, I love Etsy so, so much. Etsy Etsy has created a whole uh, and and you've seen the button packs, I believe. The uh, yes, Whitaker. Let's see. I've got. I can right right within reach here. The, I want to sh- uh, shout out. Oh yes. Yeah, these guys. Yeah. I'm going to shout out a couple of more cosplayers. Oh yes! Oh, very nice. I mean, there the talent Gosh. on display at this con was. Um, where's where's the oh? The, I feel like this is like the ultimate crossover. Oh, that's nice! Oh gosh. <laughs> you're gonna i mean any convention you go to out there you know you're gonna have this amazing display of costumes and cosplaying it's it's just it's a big big thing now uh and people get uh the the professional level of costuming oh wow yeah that looks great i mean and i can't even describe what i'm what i'm seeing and my listeners out there you just need to get on patreon and see this video oh that's all, incredible all these cosplayers yes that's Vera. Vera is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, all I, I, I should have bought one, but there was a... Uh, I just want to tell my listeners that Katie said she'd talk for an hour and we're on 90 minutes already. I know. So, and, and there's a lot. To, I mean, this is okay. Tribble? It's our anniversary so episode. A triple? A triple? <laughs> like I actually met um, in the 70s I, or in the 80s, I met Roger Mudd. And if you don't know who Roger Mudd is, he is the man who brought Tribbles to the Enterprise in the original Star Trek series. Maddie doing the best punk TARDIS. Oh, yeah. She That's in- nice. And I wanted to do something that was like, because I, I wanted some photos with them, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing punk. So, um, <laughs> you know, you have, you have 13 being the overprotective mum. So yeah, co- cover those shoulders. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, we get it. There was yeah. there was there was an art piece that um, I'm not exactly sure who did it, but it was the twelfth Doctor in all of the in in a pink jacket. Oh, um, awesome! And awesome. there were there were three of them who showed up. Oh, look at that! Oh, and that's I awesome! Shout out the the uh, service dog right there who's like, I don't know what's going on. Yes. <laughs> Doing the classic Spider-Man pose. Yeah. Um, oh, that's nice. That's everybody nice. there. You would be hard pressed to find an unkind person at this con. Uh, mm. Brilliant, brilliant master cosplay. By the way. Yes. Sasha, when Sasha met uh, there, the other master cosplayer that I showed the picture of earlier, apparently he was like, he was looking at his coat saying, this is better than mine. I, we've like, made that we've made that mention before. Yeah, that yeah, actors there, cosplayers who do better. Um, they better do better costumes than what the BBC props department does. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, John Davy talks about that quite a bit because he said that the they've made vast improvements on the cyber costume. Where if you talk to David Banks from the eighties, they said at one point they got his helmet on and he was screaming in pain because they <sighs> they screw they screw it in and the screw went into his. Oh my God. Uh, a little, just to cut him a little bit. And he was like, man, get it off, get it off. And they found that there was a, they had misaligned the the screw. So they said, oh my God. And of course, getting out of those in a hurry was not a thing. So now they don't, they, yeah. they, they, they snap off and, and, and they, they come off quickly, but you know, for the safety of the, 
of the performers. Uh, just to, you know, by the way, the first, uh, the original tin, oh, look at that. The original Tin Man for The Wizard of Oz was Buddy Ebsen, and he couldn't do the role because he was allergic to the gray paint that they put on him. So that's why it went to the next actor. Oh, the, the, uh, this, uh, the, this Muppeteer. <laughs> Were there any Dr. Beaker doctors out no, there? No, no, no. Because that's because usually that. I see that the meme I see is with the meeping angel and the Dr. Beaker with the scarf. And <laughs> no, no, I did not see that this time around. It was only the um, it was only the uh, the meeping angel. Meeping angels. Um, oh, that's awesome. Little oh, I uh, doing oh. parenting right. That's awesome. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. Uh, and I, I'm telling you, we kids in cosplay. It's just, it's a, I, I love, that's why I love that. Uh, at the Chicago Tardis, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the masquerade. The, uh, the they, whole... they canceled it this year. So we all came yeah. together and we're just, there were so many doggos there as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like service doggos, yeah. Um, pets. I'm, uh, I'm sure we'll have. We'll probably have the masquerade back next year. I oh think. yeah, yeah, I think definitely. We're going to be back to normal, I think, by by then. And I know Chicago Tardis is bringing back that. Oh, that's awesome. Every, I mean, everyone was just on their A game for cosplay. And well, I think I think they were ready because the, yeah. the year delay and the the postponement of this convention. Oh, yeah, a lot of people consider to be their go to convention for Doctor Who, and. You know, I think the fact that they had uh, guests that had carried over from the previous year, uh-huh. and that's why they had some cancellations because they said, "Well, you know, um, I know Keith Barnfather. I, I know him pretty well, and he was really disappointed that something came up and he couldn't make it." Jed, uh, Jedi thirteen and nice. Doctor Strange Universe thirteen. I love. I it. fell in love with her the second. Were there were there any uh, dog costumes from the Flux? No, oh, no, that would, that would have been I, awesome. I, there were no Calvinistas. No Calvins. Oh. I wanted to see Calvinistas. I wanted to see uh, Azure and Swarms. Yeah. Um, now, apparently, I didn't see this happen, but Mandip was saying she hadn't seen any Yaz cosplayers. Um, but then she was like walking back to, I think it was to a meet and greet. And there was a Yaz cosplayer and she stopped what she was doing, ran over to her and was like, we need a picture right now. Yeah. Because she was so thrilled. <laughs> Everyone and the, the Ruth Doctor cosplays. Oh, and I got, I it wasn't with Joe, but I got my, um, my handhold shot. Oh, nice. That is, and it's my favorite shot. Oh, that's and great. Oh, that's great. They were, it, it I cannot get over how just incredible it was, how much fun. And and I, another shout out to Sharon, who, yes. um, that is an awful photo. I am not going to share that one. It's who okay. came okay. as uh, her, her, her last for the day was Osgood. Osgood. Oh, Ingrid Oliver is one of my favorite people. Oh, gosh, that's great. It, we, Osgood. Osgood needs to come back. I oh, absolutely. He is not dead. I will not believe no. that. Um, if you can get out to Gallifrey one, guys, yes. do it. Do it. it. I, I would highly recommend it. Like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best uh, if I can make it work. But uh, unfortunately my um, I'm a, I'm a teacher by day. And so mm. that's uh, it's a tough uh, place to, to leave. Uh, 
um, especially with the shortage of teachers right now. So, oh um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, I think uh, this has been a great uh, discussion, and I think we're we're really gonna you know. I think the Gallifrey One people are going to really love this episode. And of I, course, what a great way to spend our 50th episode here talking with one of my favorite people. Okay, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, again soon. So mm. this is uh, my, my guest is uh, Katie Haynes. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at a couple of different locations. Primarily, uh, if you want my Doctor Who content, you can find me at KDGAngel44 on TikTok. Mm-hmm. A lot of that content will carry over onto my Instagram, which is uh, just KDGAngel. And I want to give a, because I just celebrated my 13-year anniversary with my now fiance, Michael Keynes. Fantastic. Congratulations. Who is, who is, now he did not, I found out through Doctor Who through someone else. Mm-hmm. But he fully introduced me to Doctor Who. Wonderful guy. We love him already. (laughs) Everything through. He does his own uh, puppet collection. Uh, He is now becoming a puppeteer. Nice. And he uh, does all of these different uh, doctors. And he recently finished up a month of The Master. And if I can uh, pull it up, one of my favorite videos um that we did together that's not it that's another uh uh that was something that was taken at galley one here we go (laughs) that's awesome Uh, he is um what a what a wonderful thing he is so wonderful and i would probably not be as big of a Doctor Who nerd as I would be without him. And it's yeah, kind wonderful. of ironic that we got engaged on the 13th of November. So 13 is now officially my lucky number. If, if only it was um, the 23rd. <laughs> but that's is, okay. Um, it is, um, guys, if you can, go to Galley One. Mm-hmm. You will be among so many wonderful, incredible people. Wow. There are everything from panels to video rooms, art shows, um, big finish, basic uh, target books. If you mm-hmm. want it, it's there. The guests are among some of the warmest you will ever meet. I actually, I forgot I bumped into Sylvester McCoy by mistake mm-hmm. and he was coming around and I said, oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, doctor, don't apologize to anyone. Um, <laughs> He's great. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh. You will, and- you will have so much fun there. I didn't even, I, I mean, I was at the top of the iceberg with everything that happened. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, and uh, by the way, you can also find Katie on Patreon as you can with yes, the Dr. Mulligan's podcast. So please support her there. And uh, uh, just uh, and uh, don't go away after we sign off here. One more thing I want to ask of you uh, off the uh, off on the, for the premium Absolutely. members only. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much for being my guest today. And listeners, uh, instead of our usual most outrageous offer, it's going to be a collection of the best of most outrageous offer for oh. the last three years of podcasts, including our million dollar calendar and a few other uh, goodies that came along over the years and a few things that uh, I didn't share on the air before. So stay tuned for that. Are you ready to travel through time with us? Then check out Traveling the Vortex, a Doctor Who podcast. For nearly seven years and more than 500 episodes, we've traveled from one end of the vortex to the other, making different stops with different doctors, 
reviewing everything from TV stories to audio plays, from books to comics, and more. Sean, Keith, and Glenn take you on a journey through 50-plus years of Doctor Who episodes and spinoff materials. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, so be sure to check us out. And now, we're a proud member of Direction Point, a Doctor Who podcast network. You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting. Money? My dear chef, I don't want money. I've got no use for the stuff. The money to be paid from your private purse. Ah! You spank. Nautilus. There is no plot. I am being completely honest with you. All my travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil. Against power-mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization. Decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power mad conspirators, Daleks, Sontarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. And now, as part of our 50th celebration, I'm coming to the part of the program that was always my favorite, still my favorite, and I still get these emails and posts and things of that nature that really kind of open the doors to collectors shopping around and getting better prices. And we also had recently, uh, when David J. Howe was on the program, we kind of figured out exactly how these robot shops work. But um, this is the best of the most outrageous offer. And uh, I try to use as many of the intros that I used over the time. And most of the good ones were in the early part of the releases. I started doing the most outrageous offer in episode eight. And uh, that one was notable because somebody was selling uh, their entire WH Allen hardback collection for $15,000. I followed up on that numerous times and it never sold. But <laughs> there were so many of these that sometimes I wonder, and that was an eBay seller, so that was somebody who deliberately put that price up. But some of the stuff that came from Abe's books happened to be probably robot stores that would put up the price a lot higher, knowing they could get the book a little cheaper from somebody else who could get it from somebody else. And so there were at least five shops possibly that didn't even have the book in stock. So of course, they always have an out, uh, whereas if they can't get a hold of the book, they don't charge you. They only charge you when they confirm the order. So if you're going to put out your $99,000 for, uh, what was it, The Clockwise War in episode 29 was going for uh, $999,999 or $1 million. Um, They would buy it for 13 somewhere else and uh, make a pretty hefty profit. But you're smarter than that. Most Doctor Who collectors are smarter than that. Once you've done this for a while, I've been doing it for over 40 years, and uh, when I started, there was no such thing as A-Books or eBay. Um, you relied upon your conventions and your British dealers that would bring their, their goods over from England, and sometimes that's where you got lucky with a nice hardcover or an annual uh, we had Larry's Comic Book Store and Annex in Chicago, which he imported a lot of stuff. Uh, he had the Troughton Annuals, I remember, in a glass case, and he wouldn't let you touch them unless you showed him he had the money to buy them. So that's that's how things were back in the old days. Uh, another favorite of mine was um, the uh, episode 11. Um, somebody had a copy of The Script Doctor 
for $1,860.47. And I, man, I, I have that book on my shelf, and I looked and I went, yeah, right. <laughs> of course, um, the very, you know, just, just the... Um, um, the whole thing, you know, the uh, uh, the other one that comes to mind was the Doctor Who Monsters book, um, Doctor Who Monsters Inside with Christopher Eccleston for $6,149.04. Or, um, let's see, the entire, um, let's see, a copy of Pescatons on CD for $111.11. That's not a real price. Um and stuff like that, just just kind of going around. Uh, we had a 2017 calendar for $3,452.51. Uh, episode 12, we had a copy of Lung Barrow, the final book in the New Adventure series. Uh, kind of a difficult book to find, but not worth $4,800 uh, at all. So it's, uh, and I see these all the time. I, I typically, when I do a quick search, I'll go highest price first just to see what the crazy people are asking for out there. And again, I get a little pushback every once in a while saying it's a it's a free market. Now, Nicholas Briggs, uh, on a, in a podcast, uh, on his podcast, the Big Finish podcast, did answer me directly about uh, the fact that people were buying the special vinyl editions to Big Finish Productions at the Sainsbury stores, putting them directly on eBay for five times the going rate and getting it because in America we have no option but to get it. And he said he was frustrated by it, but it is a free market. There's nothing they can do about it, but they don't approve of it. So, I mean, it's not something that the powers that be in most cases are, are really happy with. Um, I brought it up briefly last year with Jason Hay Gallery, the CEO of Big Finish, and he just kind of shook his head and said, yeah, we're trying to make deals. It's very difficult to break into U.S. markets, um, especially since they're not, you know, they have to import everything. They also had a problem with an entire um, set. I guess they had an entire shipment of vinyls uh, that went to Amazon instead of uh, where they were supposed to go. And so they had to reprint a bunch of those for the customers that prepaid them. So they've known the frustrations uh, of, of product and how to get how to get things. Or, or the day you see a Doctor Who figure released and you get to the store and they're all gone because somebody bought them all and now they're on eBay for five times the going rate. That's just wrong. I mean, that's just, that's not a Doctor Who fan. Um, the other the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is my last visit uh, at Alien Entertainment with Mr. Gene Smith, my former partner from Bundles from Britain uh, more than 30 years ago, um, had basically said that he, he tries when he can to visit Doctor Who dealers who have been selling Doctor Who before the new series, before 2005, and that anybody doing it since 2005 is really in it for the money. I don't know if that's entirely true, and I don't want to put him on, on the spot for that, but I do know that there's not a lot of stores that still do it from, you know, Alien Entertainment is one, and they've got a lot of great things, and visit DrWhoStore.com and check it out, if you don't believe me, uh, or The Who Shop in, uh, in, in Indiana, or uh, places like that that have been around for a long time. And they've been selling Doctor Who through the downtime versus the classic era. You know, I was opening the store back in 1984 at the height of Doctor Who uh, popularity here in the country. So 
you know, as far as this goes, this segment, uh, I'm going to continue the most outrageous offer segment on future podcasts, just because I think it's an important thing. Uh, the only thing today in our 50th, of course, we're, we're running really long here with time. I hope you enjoy the whole thing. Uh, we are going to forego collection protection because we've got some new things to talk about in upcoming episodes. And so we're going to do a lot with that. We want to educate. In fact, some episodes will be devoted to collection protection and getting the right bags, getting the right materials, the archival tape and things like that, how to repair a, uh, a dust jacket that rips. Uh, I had to do that recently. And there's special tape you can buy that works really well, will not wreck the book. Um, bookseller, you know, libraries and things use that. So there's going to be a lot more education on the, on the program as much as, I can, as, as much as I can help you. Plus, I'll be learning from other people as well. Uh, we'll have more collection stories going forward. And, of course, our, our 10-part series on classic hardcovers will return with Professor Tony Witt. Well, that concludes the 50th anniversary episode, or 50th episode, I should say. Not really an anniversary, but we've been on the air for a couple of years. I want to send out a special thank you to, of course, my guest, Katie Haynes, and also for her wonderful tribute. In addition to also my thanks to Mr. Tony Witt, Mr. Eric Galbranson, Mr. Sylvester McCoy, Miss Sadie Miller, Mr. Fraser Hines, and I think I'm leaving somebody out. Nope, that's everybody. And Katie Haynes, of course, gave an intro as well. Um, we'll have, of course, more of Katie Haynes on the program as we go forward. Uh, I just, you know, we enjoy talking to her. She's one of our favorite people to talk to. Um, coming soon, uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about uh, going back in the classic era and some items that uh, will catch your attention. So uh, with that in mind, thank you for listening and keep collecting. Doctor Who Podcast Network.